Joel Radio's back. How you doing out there? Podcasters and podcast fans and I don't know. What are we talking about today? It's going to be a good show. We are fresh off movie mania. We are. We'll talk about that. I think we did a good job nailing the Oscar movies. That's what I think we did. I think my predictions were very good. I think the movie I liked the best won. I mean, how you can't do better than that. Joel Radio here, and we're going to talk a lot about this gentleman and his adventures in podcasting, and it was two shows ago that we were at your studio, Ted Moss. Yes, it was. And that uh, was a learning experience for both of us. Oh, it was great. It was great to have you as a guest. Well, I think one of the things that I learned is that when I work with your studio and I hear your trials of starting a podcast i learned how to make this show better right right so and i learned i learned how much you can talk on both your show and my (laughs) show as a guest well i thought it was only because it's your show but it turns out as a guest you still dominate the conversation i think that's why i have a show (laughs) i'll be a guest on you know it's funny guys will ask me like hey can you come guest on my show and then I go do the show, and I never really go back to the show. I don't yeah. know why that is. I, I'm not. I, maybe that's me. I don't. I mean, is that uh, you? Tell me. Well, on the radio show, you don't talk that much, but they invite you back Have you on nine ten a.m. Have you noticed that? That's, well, sure. Well, I'm always on nine ten. Yeah, uh, but you, you aren't doing that much talking. Well, I'm and more you're always s- invited back. It's a different role. What a quinky ding! I'm not the host. Yeah, I'd be well, a you good host. You weren't the host on my show. You asked me a question that had a very elaborate. <laughs> you basically asked me. For for my life story yes, I did. in podcasting, yes, I did. which now is going back, it'll be 15 years oh, God. next month. I know. And so I told the whole story on your show. And how entertaining was that? I don't know. You tell oh, me. I great. thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. You haven't even put that up yet. No, I haven't. Well. I'm afraid to. Uh, but you, you now, but see, now that I'm putting this show out, yes. you got to tie into that. I know. So I know. I, as we promote your show, because your show is not that live. Is going, that is going up next week on TED Talks. Next week. Too much. TedTalksTooMuch.com. So around the 24th, that's uh, Monday you know, next week? I was going to put it up on Monday. The last one I put Monday on the Friday. Monday the 24th. Let's try it. Is there a better day, Joel? Well, I think what people will tell you is that... You know, you want to run into when people are going to work. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, there's always that thing about the Internet where like people use it at work. People do more at, you know, I, it used to be this thing where at home you had slow Internet and at work you right. had fast Internet. And so people would do stuff like podcasts at work. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Um, but, you know, you want to catch people like if they listen to podcasts when they're driving to work. Don't put it up on a Saturday because most people aren't going to work on a Saturday. Yeah. So if that's the audience you want to catch, then you want to put it up. Yeah, probably during the week. You probably got to imagine, you know, and again, I'm not a guy who has a nine to five, but people get up, they check their podcast in the morning, they figure out what they're going to listen to on the way to work. So if your thing is up at 7 a.m. on Monday, you're going to catch a lot of those people. You think so? You put it up at three in the afternoon, maybe you catch them on afternoon drive or you well, catch them Well, do I put day. it up on Sunday night so it's available on Monday? That, when that's you get a up? possibility too. I've seen, uh, I know a lot of pro shows do that. I think Mark Marin does that. He has, I think he goes Monday and Wednesday. Um, yeah. You know, so the show was up. I think Gilbert Godfrey goes up 
really late on Sunday or first thing on Monday. You know, from what um, I can find out, Instagram is very particular about when you put it up, so you no. won't be too far down in the scroll yeah. on Instagram. Right. But on Fridays, you can put it up earlier in the day because people quit paying attention at work about noon. Ah, so yeah. afternoon on Friday is a good time to put stuff up. Well, that's but, why I like recording on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. So the latest my show goes up during the week is a Wednesday. Now, I can put it up. I've done shows on Thursday, put them up Friday. But I think they get a little less listens. At My least, most at least initially, have been Fridays so far. Well, you know, it's, but I don't have a. I big don't know sample. that there's an exact science to yeah. it. I mean, YouTube guys will tell you the same thing. Yeah, YouTube guys always try to hit what is maximum YouTube, and maybe for YouTube, you're dealing with like prime time. To more like television hours because people are going to be sitting in front of their TV. Well, you have to stop and watch with YouTube. Do you know how yeah. many YouTube channels there are relative to podcasts there are? Have, have uh, you ever there's a lot more YouTubers than a podcasters. Lot there are 500 million oh. YouTube channels, okay. 1 million podcasts, All right. which I think is kind of interesting. That means there's a lot more competition out there if you're trying to get a YouTube channel. Well, yeah, but you have to remember YouTube is a thing where people can put up, you know, they can just put up something that happened that they recorded on their phone or their family stuff. Whereas with podcasts, with podcasts, you actually have to make a thing yeah, and create a website for it. You know, because that's, you know, I mean, I know you're going through all that, creating yeah. the website yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So, yeah. So you think it's more work to do a podcast I think it is more work to do a podcast, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I can look pretty funky and do a, a podcast. <laughs> I don't have to look good for Well, podcasts. then, you know, I guess that's a little more... You know, three cameras, what do I show now, whenever I go to this? I, know, I think I mean, it's a little more work than on that end to do a YouTube. I mean, yeah. look, there's guys that do YouTube, the successful guys. They end up doing it for a living if they get enough viewers because... But then it becomes, you know... A thing you're probably doing 30, 40 hours a week. Yeah. You know, and some of these guys, if they have real elaborate, you know, edits and stuff. Yeah. You know, that could be 20 hours editing. Well, you get a full-time guy, and that's yeah. what he's going to do yeah, yeah. at that point. But I don't I don't know. I, I, think, uh, I think they're two different animals. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've thought about the YouTube thing, um, but I know that, you know, the, just the editing of the video I know. is well, a chore versus we were editing. Tour, yeah, yeah. Remember we were doing sure, those, yeah, yeah. those shows? It took a hell of a lot yeah, of work to put those together. Yeah, it's a ton of work. Yeah, and you're doing B-rolls, and you're mm-hmm. doing music backgrounds, and you're flipping from picture to yeah, video. Just, yeah, just the transitions yeah. and it the text and a all lot, that. a lot, a lot of work. Um, whereas, you know, with audio, it's like, you know, you can get a workflow that really works. I mean, I guess when you do, when you do anything, you get your workflow down, which means, you know... You import this audio, you're applying these effects, you're doing these edits, right. you're publishing to here, you're doing, you know, because I'm, in addition to doing this, I, I, I don't talk about it that much on here, but I'm also producing uh, the Comedy Castle podcast at ComedyCastlePodcast.com, right. the That's official weekly. podcast of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, where we interview the comedians that are coming to the Comedy Castle. Cool. Um, now I say we, meaning Tom McCarthy. Right. The comedian who's he's been on this show, but he does all the interviews. He usually does them by phone. He does some in person. Yeah. Um, and then he sends them to me and he does a little intro outro segment. And I edit all of that together and I have transition music and that whole thing. And then I publish it to the website and make sure that's all good. And uh, yeah. And I think that's good advertising for Mark Ridley. It is. And that's why we do it. But, you know, yeah, I bet it is. You, know, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> you said that to me. 
in, in a in a, a less diplomatic way yeah. the other day, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said know. that's what it, I just thought. That's what I it said, sounds like an ad. You said what's going on, and I said, well, I got the comedy pa- castle podcast today. Yeah, did, done today. This was yesterday, and you go, oh, it's just a commercial. I didn't say it's just a commercial. Well, you go, it's commercial. I don't know what it is. I but said it, it sounds like a commercial. It is. Well, it is. It's yeah. promotional for the well, show. Well, I think it's great. But it's good interviews. I mean, we've had uh, Dave Attell on that show, and we've had, uh, who else has been on there? Chris Kattan has been on that show. Bobby yeah. Collins has been well, on that show. Well, you know, they got good guys Josh coming Blue in. It's, it's nice to hear a conversation yeah. with them. I think it's a good idea. The problem with podcasts, I think, just being new into podcasting is it's like all these people that have all these little antique shops and used yeah. furniture shops in these little cities. Mm-hmm. They all think they're in business. Okay. None of them are. Wait, well, why do you... Why, it's a yeah. hobby. None of them are making oh, money. Okay, well, that's and fair. Once you, no, once you no. figure out the cost of doing it and the time you got involved, you aren't making any money. But you be- better enjoy doing it. And most people doing podcasts are doing that because I think they never get to the point where they're making any money off the Well, thing. look, you it's have a to, hobby. You have to love it or else don't do it because you can't expect to make money. I think people that expect... I mean, look, if you're a celebrity and you go, boy, I've had this television show or I'm a famous stand-up comic or I was on the radio or whatever it is, you may feel like you're going to get these listeners. And I think for those people, it must be real disappointing when they're like, I got a thousand listens. And it's like, hey, I'm on TV, you know, I'm on this. But I think some of them do, and then they just, that's why those guys don't last. Yeah, well, I... Whereas with me, you know, I'm not doing it for the money. I don't have any ads. I don't have any sponsors. I pay for the whole thing myself, which isn't even all that much well, money. I'm not critiquing you but I'm saying, but I'm saying as like, much as most podcasts. I enjoy doing it, yeah. and therefore, I can continue to do this. I don't have any, you know, like, look, if I had advertisers, for example... I would have to guarantee them so many plays and so much time in a weekly show. And here I'm like, well, look, if I have to skip a week because I'm on vacation or because I'm sick or something, I skip a week, no big deal. Yeah, but some just pay per listen, too. They, they do. So they don't care. They do. If you don't it, get any it's, listens, it's, that's I fine mean, with them. The rate that I heard, and look, I'm not a guy that's even, well, maybe I am going to get into ad. We'll, we'll talk about that off the air, about getting into advertising. Okay. And that. Um, but I believe the rate is about $50. For a thousand listens. Okay. So, I mean, you know, this show, I would get $50 or thereabouts, $100. Well, I don't know. If I nice. could sell it at that thing. But then, you know, then you have to worry about, you know, is your content being judged? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like the way you talked about yeah. whatever that was. And it's like, okay. Well, it's like anything else. You yeah. got to decide why you're doing it, yeah. what your goals so are, what I you're trying uh, to do. So what is your goal as a guy? Let, let's officially promote your show. All right. TedTalksTooMuch.com yes. or TedTalks2.com. Yes. It's just an interview show where I'm interviewing local comedians yeah. and interesting people I know, yeah. just having a conversation with them about anything they want to talk about. We talk about comedy a lot, obviously. Okay. Sure, but, yeah, as I do. Yeah. yeah. And you've done, uh, you've published two shows. Published two. Yes. I've recorded seven. Okay. So you are, you have a backlog of shows. Well, I have a backlog of interviews that yeah. I have to edit. You have to make editing. shows. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've listened to about one and a half of the two shows. And, and then I, I was think? recorded on the third show, I guess. Um, well, here's my thoughts. Okay. First of all, you know, I love talking to you. Yes. And listening to you talking. Is like you and I having a conversation. So I love that element of it. I oh, think that's great. Good. And, and you're, you know, the shows that I've listened to are other people I know, Chris Lazar and, uh, and Billy Reno, and I like those guys too. So, sure. you know, I'm, I'm well, you know it, the it people. feels like my buddies yeah, hanging yeah. out talking, which is cool. Yeah. Um, the, the one, I mean, you're, you're doing a thing, uh, you know, before the interview. Now, you've only done two shows. 
But you did an ad that sounded like a parody of an ad. But I believe it's a real ad. Do you want to describe that? Well, I, I have two ads. One's a public service announcement, uh, which is uh, uh, by a fellow that came in and, and he did some public service announcements for me uh, by the name of Harmonious Merkin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, that, now that's the shtick. Well, that's the guy that talks about felt, what's proper to say and not say. It's a, it's a public service announcement. I felt We're doing that, that the shtick felt a little out of place. Oh, really? I felt that the interviews felt genuine and real, and the shtick felt like shtick. It was shtick. Well, I know, but I felt like your show... I mean, look, does it make your show a little more broad? I, I guess it does, but I don't know that that's what I was looking for. Yeah, well, I don't know. I know that's who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you all these years, I think I know that's who you are, yeah. but yeah. And I think if you're going to do a commercial for a product, that's where it belongs. Okay, but you talk about this thing that it's like a bidet. It, it's an aftermarket... Toilet attachment for washing Clear your ass. ClearRear.com. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's actually a, a field installable yeah. bidet that I purchased and put on my toilet. Okay. And I've never had a bidet before. Have you ever had a bidet? I, I've never had a bidet. Have I've, you ever used a bidet? Yes, I've, I rented a home. Uh, well, my, my parents rented a home in Florida that had a bidet. And a bidet, I think everybody knows what a bidet it is. It washes don't they? your butt. It's a little yeah, it's jet a, of it's water. An yeah, yeah. That. In, yeah. in lieu of toilet paper or in addition to toilet and paper? I don't I know. Had, Would I, you say it's in lieu of toilet paper or is it in well, addition yeah, to? that's the funny thing. They advertise it as in lieu of toilet paper. Yeah, I don't know if but I, I would say But I think when you that. get older, you're going, you know, I'd like a little bit cleaner rinse here. I think, I think, and, yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know if that comes with age. I think that's, that's the final move. But, yeah. <laughs> it's wipe and rinse, I yeah. think. Would, but that's how I would... Use yeah. a bidet. Well, I I I kind of do wipe and rinse and wipe, so I want to make okay. sure everything is. But the, I'm very very clean. The thing is, FYI. the bidet is generally its own thing. So you're getting off of one thing and getting onto yeah, yeah, another but this, thing. This is on your toilet, and yours is now. But let me ask you. Hey, you let me tell you okay. the experience for somebody who's never done this before. The experience is a little bit startling. It's a little bit like it's as close as you could come to a woman. Yeah, who is having morning sex, and, and is not expecting it. I mean, at first it's like, oh, what's that? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is kind of nice. So it takes some getting used to because it's, it's cold it water. Is, yeah, I mean, it's a you little gotta shocking, get, yeah, like, you gotta ooh, uh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a nice experience. And uh, I've always enjoyed having a faucet near the toilet okay. in case I want to be a little bit cleaner. Sure, yeah. And this is a way to do that. And I thought, you know what? This is a great product. I think I'll do some free advertising. For yeah, it. I was, that was my next question. And it turns out that I just happened to have a little comic bit about toilet paper. Okay, but this company that makes this product. Yes. Are they aware that you're running an ad for them? I sent it in to them. And did they respond? Yes, they did. And, and how did they? They said we don't we don't want any third party um, um, sales. And I said <laughs> I'm not selling it. I'm advertising it. But I did send a copy of my uh, uh, what I did. So they're not even free advertising, and they're not happy with. Well, you. I tell you what, they're terrible. I mean, they're <laughs> advertising. If you honestly, if you watch their advertising, they're trying to sell this in lieu of toilet paper, yeah. based on the fact you're going to save money. Okay. On toilet paper. Like now, I don't know, I, out of all my yeah. friends, all of, all the people I've ever met, yeah, I've yet to meet one person that said, God damn, I'm spending too much right. money on toilet paper. Can I say that on this? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, anyhow, I mean, What is it. your toilet paper budget, would you estimate, Ted? 
Well, it's funny you should ask. Yeah. Because <laughs> just yesterday. I've got a number in mind. Well, I just went and bought some toilet paper yesterday. Yeah. And I bought the oversized rolls. Okay. And I think I got a pack of, I'm going to say there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 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 I don't know, 16, 18 was a lot. Yeah. It was about, I think it was about 18 bucks or something okay, like that. Okay. And then how, but it wasn't, when it, do you run out of that then? Uh, how long does that last you? You want to know how much I'm shit? We, we, is, we, is that where this conversation going? <laughs> well, I, you live alone, so you can't possibly go through that much. So, I mean. Oh, I'm awful clean, dude. Okay. I am really But clean. look, I would say my toilet paper budget, I'll give an actual number because you've not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and. As you give the, you okay, give the okay, answer. Okay. 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 Skills. Sure. Uh, Six dollars a month. For I me. That, I think that's pretty good. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So it's fair. Yeah. Six dollars, seven dollars a month. And then if you maybe. have a lady if you have a lady well, have living a, with you. My, my girlfriend lives with me and she And, uh, she and so uses, does it double or is there, there no, I would there's say more with, wiping going on with, with ladies? With her, it's about seven dollars a month. She only uses one dollar of toilet paper a month. No, it's seven dollars a month. Well, it went, for you the two of us. You said it was six for well, you. I, I'm saying six, with her. six or seven. Now that I think about it, it's probably more like seven because I buy. I don't the, want to say any dimin- anything diminishing about your girlfriend, <laughs> but I think that well, budget is when guys <laughs> when guys use the bathroom. We traditionally don't wipe. Because we're peeing, and we don't need to really wipe after yeah, the pee. Yeah, but why, then why would unless, it cost you six and her one? No, I, I'm saying seven is the number. Forget about six. I thought it was six, and then I thought about it again, and it's seven. I've corrected my original So it was a joint. It was a couple number to start. I it was wasn't you. About, yes, the number for the both of us is about oh, seven. Oh, shit. I use six on me. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, fine. I'm Mr. Super That's white. okay. Yeah. But I, I well, see, I, I'm not going down. Let, let's, Okay. This Forget is about the bath. It is. It's getting what a <laughs> shitty conversation we're having. Listen, you though, but you did this ad, and yeah. and they're not. Uh, it sounds like they're not happy with it. Well, they they didn't understand what it was. <laughs> they thought I wanted to buy their product and resell their. Product. Oh, okay, yeah, and I, get and I that. said I don't want to be a distributor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm advertising for, for you. sure. But they can, or if they listen to your show, they could find out where to order this thing. Oh, the funny thing is I gave the wrong website. (laughs) (laughs) I called, on my show, I called it clearrear.com, and the real website, now I am pushing it, is get clearrear.com. It's a nice product. It's fine. It's 40 bucks. Clean your ass. Yeah, I, I, you know, what can I tell you? Just say. But I mean, we're talking, let's talk more about the podcast than the fact that this is an ad in the podcast. Yeah, and you, I felt and you didn't like you, I felt that it was out of place. Yeah, we'll look forward to more of that. And the midget guy on the second show felt out of place. Midget? What what who was that guy? Oh. <laughs> what is that shtick? He did a whole shtick. <laughs> no, the, before you interviewed Billy Reed. Harmonious Merkin. Yes, Harmonious Merkin. Do you know what a Merkin is? I do. It's okay. a pubic wig. Yes. Yes. Well, his name is Harmonious Merkin. And he was doing a public service. No one's listening to your show now. You realize that. (laughs) Don't put a bit before my interview, okay? How about that? So fans of this show, if they want to listen, they don't have to sit through. I Actually, there is a bit in in front of yours. (laughs) And it's done by Harmonious Mercury. Oh, my God. And it's about what you're allowed to say or call white people. All right, let's move on. All right. This is you getting in the weeds here. Yeah. Go listen to Ted's show. Ted talks too much. By the way, when I was searching for it, yes, my goodness, what I went through to find this show, yeah, yeah, because just the words TED Talks immediately gets you TED Talks, yeah. Now here's what I did: I found it easier by actually using the Google Podcast app 
than using Google itself. Using Google was no help whatsoever. Yeah. But actually searching from the app, it gave me the podcast link. Yeah, I think if you pretty much right away Spotify or iHeartRadio. And then there's or, a link to the website yeah. itself from the podcast or app. Or if you just if you just type in the top line uh an address of tedtalks2.com oh, okay, yeah, yeah. or the Ted Talks the too much. URL. Yeah. But I think if you talk in the words Ted space talk space, no space two no space. space much space. You ain't getting your show, brother. Well, that, that, that's not the name of the yeah. show. Okay, here's what I want you to look up because right. I know you're doing lots of research on this, and I think you're yeah. doing a good job. We'll talk more about it in a second yeah. here. But SEO, you know what that stands for? No, search engine optimization. Ah, that can be tricky uh, for TED Talks too much. Yeah. It is tricky for Joel Radio, which is why I always... That's why the show is officially called JoelRadio.net, because if it was just Joel Space Radio, you're never going to find this podcast. Was .com taken? Yes, it was taken, and it was. I'll tell you the story behind that. There was a guy, I think he was a real estate guy, and he just had it parked. He wasn't... Uh, I think he was trying to sell, you know, like real estate help stuff like a radio show about how to sell real estate or yeah it might have been banking or and his name was joel and his name was joel okay so he had joelradio.com i actually asked the guy if he would want to give it up i found an email contact turns out he didn't want to give it up or sell it or not yeah. use it. i said well if, if you're not using it, this expires let me know i'll use it did you want to buy it from him did you offer i him just money? i was hoping i could just grab it when it expires yeah but would he i mean would you well give anyway bucks for it? i ended up getting joelradio.net and then i just said well we'll just call it joelradio.net and we'll put that in the title line on the blog so people can right if you search for it, you search for joelradio.net but then what happened was somehow Joel Osteen got on the scene, and he now owns JoelRadio.com, ah. the preacher. So well, he, he had a lot, enough yeah, money to so buy either it, I'm he sure. bought it from this guy sure or something. Did. Sure he did. Um, and so With my, feeling, my feeling is, if you're Joel Osteen, please hit me up, and I will <laughs> gladly sell you JoelRadio.net there you go. and call this the JoelRadioPodcast.com or something and, we'll talk and about be God. happy, and then I'll take my five grand or whatever I get for that domain. Praise the Lord. And do whatever with it. Oh, so, But idea. I also like that if people are looking for Joel Osteen and they find me, I sort of like that. Yeah. I, I like that that might be a little, uh, you know, a, a counterculture or something. You know, there was some talk what, about whether or not I could use TED Talks... Two and the two is the number two. TED yeah, Talks two. Yeah, uh, I had people tell me that I couldn't use that because it was infringing on TED Talks. Yeah, and I think TED Talks that's a subject or a noun, and in my case, it's a verb. TED Talks two so and so. Right, and uh, so I immediately went out and got uh, the website TED Talks two dot com and TED Talks too much dot com, yeah. and I kind of sewed those okay. things together and bounced them out to my podcast. And I also got uh, the email address TED Talks too much at Yahoo that was okay. available, so I got that email address. Then I was going to get both. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to get? I was going to get the oh uh, the Twitter name. But it was taken. Yeah, Twitter. People have claimed a lot of the Twitter. Yeah. Because I'm at Joel Radio Show. Yeah. I don't think, I think at Joel Radio was taken probably by the same guy. Yeah. And now it's probably Joel Osteen if you looked up. But yeah, yeah. So it's at Joel. You see that a lot with Twitter where, you know, like, who the fuck is 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, well, I was going like to contact him, and I thought, I really don't yeah. care. Doesn't matter yeah. that much. Because the thing about Twitter is people sign up, they get the name. It's not like, you know, because Twitter is completely free versus a domain name where you have to keep renewing it annually or whatever. Um, you know, you know let who I, those go. Can I tell you my Twitter name? Sure. Perfectly Frank. Perfectly Frank. Because I like that expression. That expression. Yes. Let me be perfectly frank. But your name's not Frank. I know, but I thought it was you funny. Be perfectly Ted. Yeah, but I can say whatever I want <laughs> under the name of Perfectly Frank. <laughs> well, let's talk about the actual show, and then we'll move on here. Okay. I listen to the shows. Okay. Now, we also recorded two episodes ago. If you guys listened uh, to that episode, I was up at Ted Studio up in uh, near Flint, as you describe it. Yes. On your show. Um, and you, you built a nice studio. You got all kinds of great equipment. I think I probably mentioned, I, I think I know what for sure mentioned it on uh, the show we did. I, I think your show. I yeah, can't yeah, remember what was you. on my show, what was on your yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Did too, that right, day. right. Yeah. Um, but I also, when I got home and I took the output of that show, I realized this sounds not as good as it should sound. Right. And I realized that we had recorded that at a low sample rate. Right. We had recorded that at 16. Kilohertz, 16,000 hertz. Yeah, probably. Uh, which is like considered a tape recorder quality. Yeah. And uh, and so when I got it home, I had to do some EQ to try to take off some of the high end. Right. It was a little hissy. And uh, I believe you've remedied that since. I think so. Okay, but you should check on that. Because when I was listening to your show, I thought Chris Lazar sounded great. And I thought Billy Reno sounded more like the show we did, which yeah. meant, made me think that you... That somewhere the change happened between yeah. those two well, interviews. You got to remember, or... I've got seven in the can. So uh, yeah, yeah, but I think the one we did then would also yeah. sound more like right, right. The ver- so yeah would be. So, I think you need to fix that. And again, you used a you just again if you want to do a podcast or you're doing a podcast. Ted went out, got the fancy USB mixer, and it seems like that USB mixer changed some settings in your Windows, which gave you sixteen. Hertz it, yeah, instead does, of 44 a lot of things, or 48, yeah. which is why I'm running into the sound card right out of an analog. I guess this is considered an analog mixer. Um, just using the, the regular uh, thing and doing the mix live right. and you know limiting how much post I do. I do a little bit of post, but I don't do that much. And I'm able to control that. I'm looking at my, you know, we're recording in stereo, which eventually becomes mono. In fact, you can see one of my one of my inputs isn't even plugged in, right. which is why it's only recording on the right channel at forty four uh, forty four one thousand hertz and a thirty two bit float, which is very good quality. Because what happens is, is then when you make the MP three, you're actually you're diminishing the quality right. of it. So you want to record it with the highest quality you can possibly record it on without crashing your computer, and then you lower it. Now I thought for you. Because your computer, uh, because of that mixer going into Audacity, was generating fourteen tracks, right? Something like that sixteen tracks or fourteen tracks? Yeah. And well, I was kind of like, well, this is uh, a lot of tracks, and maybe your computer, in order to keep up with all of those tracks, had to lower the sample. No, 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 rate. no, no, no. no that's I don't know. That was a theory I had, and I don't really know what the answer no, was. No, no, that actually has a recording chip built into it and records sure, yes. fourteen tracks there. But this, the signal it's sending to the computer is just one stereo track. Yeah, but I thought when we looked at Audacity, it generated like 14 tracks, and we got on, rid of them. On, on the chip, it does, it, I'm recording one stereo on the computer. Right, I get that. And 
on the... No, but I think your computer was recording all for you. Well, at that time... Yeah, but you've changed it. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then when I got home, and I'm sending you a bunch of links, and we were kind of trying to troubleshoot this together, so hopefully I think you need to fix that. Now, look, here's the deal, though. A lot of guys will have shows that record with 16,000 hertz and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When I try listening to those shows, it hurts my ears and I don't listen anymore. Some people don't like phone interviews. I mean, that's a thing we do right. with on Comedy Castle Podcast. Is yeah. Sure. I would make the phone sound better and all that stuff. Um, so I think if you can avoid that, you want to make it sound... You know, I, I have a guy that is a was, in a previous life, a sound engineer. Professional sound engineer, worked in the studio. Recorded... I think he recorded uh, Barbara Streisand at one point. Wow. Worked with all these big acts, you know. Um, and he listens and he goes, this show sounds fantastic. That's what he tells me about JoelRadio.net. And, you know, that I'm very proud of. I'm like, well, look, I, I, I put a little effort in. So your sound quality money. is there if the content would well, just that, move yeah. up a couple <laughs> it I think you're right. Yeah. So based upon that, I would <laughs> it say good, but you need have, to make your interview sound good. Your studio sounds good. I also think that the show we recorded, uh, your studio uh, sounded like a lot of reflections. I think so, too. A lot of hard surfaces. I think so, too. Um, and, you know, maybe your rug fixes that or fixes a lot of it. I think that desk... You know, if that desk was a soft surface or if it had some sort of cover or some sort of even that, because I feel like I'm taught you're almost because you're sitting around a desk where we're kind of more in an open space. Well, I had one guy who kept hitting the wire. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yep, yep, yep. It's like terrible. That'll do it. hitting the wire, dude. Um, Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, this is a shock mount, which I can shake this mic. Yours doesn't. But mine is I use a straight stand and I'm almost always holding the stand. But with the shock mount. You can what, hear what kind of mics are these? These are what are these? AKG. I forget what they are. I think they want to. Say, I want to say they're the AT twenty twenty. I'm not. Oh, I have a box. Do I have a box for it somewhere? Oh, the Perception one twenty by AKG. Okay, about ninety nine dollars for these. Is it a condenser? It is a condenser. Okay. So this board that I'm using, which is a a, a Behringer Eurorack UB1202, which is very old now. Well, the problem with the condenser uh, mic does is... does a good job with the condenser mics, yeah. This mic is picking up your voice also. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. yeah. There's a little bit so, of bleep, but we're sitting pretty far away. Yeah, but if... We, you're, if you're sitting closer in your yeah, studio. Yeah, but if you wanted yeah. to cut these apart, yeah. you'd have to be well, careful that you don't get... well. That's that's the sacrifice I'm making is because I'm doing a live mix. I can't separate these right at all. We yeah. are together as one forever <laughs> in this audio thing. We're good together or terrible together. But you know, then when okay. you go into post, you do. And I know I gave you my compression yeah. settings. And, yeah, yeah, and that you know, helps. compression, compressing, and then actually lowering the volume just a little tiny bit. Yes, so it's not too hot on people's ears. Yeah, and it may force them to turn it up a little bit. But you want to give yourself a little bit of headroom. You don't want to make it. Too loud to where if they're listening low, it sounds distorted. Well, you know, sometimes when I go from one clip to another and yeah. I patch them together, sure. even though they're reading the same on the dial, when you listen to them, one's puffing up louder. Well, the compression sure should get you there. You know, the compression should level that out. Yeah. Because even, you know, on, on, like I said, on Comedy Cast Podcast, that thing's made up of seven or eight clips, you know, music intros, you know, yeah. and recorded all at different the, times. The problem and with, I'm trying to level it all yeah, out. Yeah, but the problem with compression is if you have music in the background. Yes, uh, it'll bring that up. It When you don't want it up necessarily. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so if I have uh, one of those advertisements that you yeah. hate, and I have music in the background, sure. yeah. if I pause mm-hmm. and I do compression, music comes the up music during comes up. every, yeah, no, you're absolutely every right. compression. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, every, 
every time I stop talking, yeah. music comes up back down. Which is and why, and sometimes you don't want. Which that. is why, if I was going to give you advice, I would say edit the whole show, and then add the music on the final step, and right. that way you can control the volume of that music. Well, in order to do that, I have to uh, I have to record multiple tracks. Yes. Now I'm back into the am well, I getting but, feedback. But, you know, it's it's the trade off. Yeah, I know. I and know. it's also like, how much time do you want to spend editing this thing when you're done with it? A lot. You spend a lot. Yeah, a I lot. don't spend a lot. I have nothing better okay, to do. Joe. But I don't spend a lot, <laughs> and my show sounds better than your it show. Does? So well, there you go. Well, talk to me in twenty years <laughs> if I'm still around. No, but you. I think what the problem that we had is very easily fixable. I think and so once too. you have that done, I think you're going to have. Oh, it's, it's a learning be, curve. You're going to have a great sound. Yeah. show. you put a lot of work into that. So I'm giving yeah. you lots of credit on that. Yeah. But also, I felt like yeah, the Billy show and probably the one we did did not. Okay, sound other than as the, good as it could sound. All, other than the because con- some people use shitty equipment and then it sounds shitty and there's no way to fix it. Your situation is easily fixable. Okay, other than having shitty content because <laughs> you don't like that. My show is shitty content. No, no, mine because you don't like the little blurps ahead of time. Oh, that's and it, yeah. shitty sound. But that's the two show. minutes other of than, an hour show. Other than those two shitty parts, yeah. How was the show? Well, I like your conversations. That's why I said I already gave you that. I gave you the good news first. Oh God, I missed it. It's been I so did. long. No, yeah. Well, hey, Joel talks too much. Yeah, when I get that URL. Yeah, I'm no, sure. it's good. But I like your show. A- after and hearing this, listen to it. Yeah, and, after and hearing maybe. this, no, no one's tuning in. Like, right. I don't hear, no, it's shit. good. I, well, people can now listen, and they can listen to those bits, and if and they the, like, yeah, and they uh, can also Samuel say, J. Merkin, they terrible. can say that that's yeah. good. <laughs> They can send that to you. Harmonious Merkin. Harmonious Merkin. If he catches on. Come on, that's a nice. Isn't that a good name? (laughs) Harmonious Merkin? It's like a. Like a blues man or something. It's actually Harmonious taken out of an old porn movie from the 1960s. <laughs> <I bet it. laughs> but it wasn't harmonious. It was harmonious or something yeah, like that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, will he ever find Mercy Hump and find true happiness or something Well, that's like that. when porn was porn. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? The good old days. Behind the green door and Debbie Oh, and before Dallas. that, you know, yeah. before Deep Throat yeah. and behind... Harry the, Reams. Yeah, they were yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But it was just tits and butts yeah. and fake yeah. sex. Yeah. It wasn't all this Right, graphic sure, stuff. Yeah, yeah. None of us were gynecologists back then. <laughs> we just saw him kind of pretending. We're like, right. we were good with it. It was hilarious. Yeah. 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 And then they came out with Deep Throat. Did I you want to hear the story of the first time I ever saw Deep Throat? <sighs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, I don't, but let's. I didn't what want the to hell? Well, there was, a, there was a drive-in theater that used to show porn. Yeah. Which, I, we, you've told me this story. Off did the I tell Yeah. And a buddy wanted to go there because they were showing Deep Throat. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be the big thing. Yeah. I mean, it was main theaters. It people, was in theaters. It was the yeah. A lot of major movies. Yeah. that people were going to. Not to mention to that. Triple X or whatever. Cities used to have porno theaters where you could go sit in a movie theater and watch a movie. Yes. Watch it on a big screen. Yes. And it would be on film. It would be on film like any other movie. Yeah, you with know? your trench coat on and yeah, you kind of yeah, yeah. snuck in the door. But this was in first-rate movie theaters. Yes. okay. And yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a big deal that yeah. somebody had... Made this movie. And the whole story was about uh, some lady whose clitoris was in her throat. Yeah. So the only way for her to get satisfaction was to... Linda Lovelace. Deep throat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the thing. But in any case, a buddy of mine wanted to go see this. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's go. That's a weird... And we went <laughs> out... odd date. Well, it was driving theater, <laughs> yeah. me and my buddy, yeah. going to see some porno. At the th- you know, it's, we were underage. We were yeah, 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 yeah. So anyhow, yeah, yeah. we go out there. And we decide to get stoned on the way out yeah. there. So we're just hiring the kite. <laughs> and he brought some chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yeah. All right? 
we had nothing to drink. Oh. So by the time Linda started doing her thing, yeah. I was stoned and had a mouthful of glump. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> just <laughs> in my mouth while she's doing her thing. Dry throat. And I said, I gotta, I, I gotta leave, dude. I gotta leave. And he was so mad. I said, I don't care. I'll, I'll you pay you. Go to the I'll snack pay you bar your money back. A, uh, you soda? don't go to the snack bar at the porn drive. I don't know. Why do you go to the porn drive-in anyway? Yeah. To see porn, because but guys would bring. There their, was no porn. Okay. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Other than the, if you could, there was no video and there was none, no internet. None. It, it would be a magazine, or you'd go you to a theater. A yeah. magazine, or you had to rent a real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little movie eight, eight millimeter. Yeah, or you, home you'd movie, have to have yeah. a home projector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only way you well, saw stag it, films and stuff. Yeah, that, that was stag films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was back in the day, but I think guys would bring dates to porn, like Deep Throat and stuff. I think couples went to those. Was an I am curious I, yellow. Yeah, those things I think. And, well, it was the first one that was kind of before It was my the first time. one that was mainstream. Yeah, you know, and it was a big deal. They showed celebrities going in to see this porn flick, yeah. and that was news that it was mainstream. Because yeah. I'm old. My, for me, uh, you know, we we had VCRs when I was. By the time I was, by the time I was old enough to want to look at naked ladies, yeah, we had. VCR, so that was Debbie Does Dallas, oh, no. and some of the old, you know, VHS no. kind of big. Hits. If we could get a hold, that was just before my time. Somebody's father's Playboy and take it out. Well, they, they to got, our, guys had our Playboys, Treehouse, Camp, or and we whatever. had Hustlers and Penthouse. Well, yeah, and we didn't have Hustler. You know, no, we had. A, I was, this is pre-Hustler. This is the eighties. This, this Playboy Penthouse was as graphic as it got. Penthouse came out and was great. That was more like graphic. a little bit, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. That was a little rough. All that, right, trip so. down porn memory lane. There you go, Ted Moss. Yeah. Not a lot. Um, not a lot of memories there. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? You and a buddy going to see a porno movie together? I thought we were going to watch. You know, no. basically what I I had been out there with my other buddies before, and we watched whatever, but it was all so simulated what, what, sex. What happened in this this drive-in that just has like how many cars would go to this? Well, the, the interesting. So on a Friday night, how well, many cars they had are to put watching? A, the city made them put up a fence behind it so people couldn't see the porno <laughs> from across the field. But the guy, I believe, the guy that owned that theater, that he had a warehouse. Yeah. Actually, this is in uh, Duran, Michigan. Okay. And back when I was in the business of doing commercial lighting, one of my salesmen was had a call and had to go out there to light a warehouse. And when he went in there, it was filled. With bank after bank of these big metal crates filled with porn magazine and oh, dildos okay. and all this stuff. So he was in that business. He was in he the was, distribution. He was the hub of... for Michigan. All oh, okay. of Michigan. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the yeah. Dist- main distributor for porn in Michigan was in Duran, Michigan. Ah. And my guy was out there trying to light up the warehouse. And it sounds porn. like this drive-in thing was sort of kind of an outlaw thing anyway. Uh, you know, I mean, like this guy had some land and I he mean, said, hey, let's throw up a... Yeah, driving. I don't know if it called it probably got truckers. It was called the scene driving. Yeah. You're right, would truckers go to something like that? Because you always see those, you know, even now they have the side of the road, the lion's den and you places. Know, and, you know, the velvet <laughs> touch and they appeal. You know, you see truckers out there. Yeah, you know, the and, you know, the and, you know, the velvet touch and they appeal. You know, you see truckers out there. My car broke down going back to college one year, and I had an Austin Healy Sprite, which was a little dainty. <laughs> little sports enough. car, yeah. Yeah, it was Midget. Little bitty thing. And I had this great big fat guy, a buddy of mine, that was taken back to college, and he had this huge keg on his lap. He could barely fit into this car. He's got this huge keg on his lap. We got to Durand, and the axle broke. Oh. And the car went off the side of the road, and we're at the exit. And it's kind of cold out. So I called up, I think it was my dad, to see if he'd come pick us up. He said no. So I had to call somebody from Kalamazoo. Okay. So we had a couple hours to kill. Yeah. And right at the 
Durand exit. So I said, well, let's go into the scene drive-in. So we went in and talked our way in without paying. Yeah. And we got to go into the projectionist booth. Okay, wow. With the projectionist in yeah, there. Yeah, he was a lonely guy. And he's like, oh, watch this part, man. This is really <laughs> We only stayed in there for about 10 minutes. I said, dude, That's, we got to get out of here. That is all too weird. The greatest job ever or, or the, the worst. worst job ever. It was, it was one lonely it man. Won, or one very happy man. Very <laughs> man. Well, you know, I was trained. Uh, I, I could run uh, 35 millimeter film projectors, a uh, platter system. I was trained in that when I worked in the movie theater when I was in college. Now, I don't know what that means, but I do know in the Capitol Theater, they used to burn these rods mm-hmm. in order to make the light to make the uh, Yeah, thing. well, the, the bulb that, was like a, it was a xenon bulb. You probably you know commercial lighting. You know xenon gets really really bright. Yeah, and it's it, you needed to handle it with gloves so as not to get oil on it. No and no stuff no like no. That. This is this was like uh it was like I don't even know what to call it. It was like a a stick, a, right? A well, three the, foot long stick. You no, know, our the bulbs were about that big. Yeah. No, not the. It wasn't a bulb. It was a stick yeah. that they burnt, and they they kept the burning stick at a focal point. In order to I, I the, think that was an older system than, yeah. than what I use. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the bulbs were gigantic. I mean, they yeah, were yeah, long, yeah. they were two, three yeah, feet. Yeah, this is before that. And had a thing. Well, it probably, you know, there was a lens. So you're focusing that light through a lens to get to the thing. But yeah, I could run, um, you know, 35 millimeter film. And it was a platter system, meaning it was three. You know, you think of a projector and you've got a startup, a, a, a take, a, what is it? A take up reel and a. I forget what the other one's called, a let-out reel. Okay. So the movie's on a reel, and it's going from one reel through the projector to right. another reel. The way a platter system works is that you have three platters, and they're horizontal. So the movie is on its side. It's not vertical on a reel, if that makes sense. So imagine like a wheel, right. vertical. You lay it on its side, and you have three of those. Okay. And the movies would play from the inside out which is the opposite of wow. how it moves. So what, you, what the inside, it would feed out of the inside and go up. Then it would go to another reel, and it would start taking up from the inside. So when the movie was done, you'd start on, say, the top platter, so you did, and you'd go to the second it. platter, and there was no rewinding. Yeah. So then when you played the movie again, you could go from the second platter to the first platter, or the first platter to the third platter. Now, the reason there were three platters, you go, why do you need three platters? Is sometimes you would have two movies in the same theater, the same house as we would call it in the business. So what you'd have is one movie would sit on a platter all day until it was time to show it, and then you had the empty platter for it to be taken up on. So you'd have to switch between them. Now, if you were a dumbass projectionist... And we'd always have at the very end of the movie a little piece of tape with the name of the movie on it. But there were projectionists who would start the wrong fucking movie. (laughs) This is a thing that happened because you'd have two of them on the platter. Right. And it would be like the kids show during the day. Right. And then at night we'd have a Steven Seagal movie. So sometimes the kids would come in and they'd be wanting to watch uh, some Disney movie. Yeah. And they'd see Steven Seagal shooting motherfuckers. Oh, no. Not good. So, yeah, you could easily fuck that up. How do they they do it nowadays? Now it's digital. It's a, it's a hard drive. I believe it's a it's a hard drive, and I believe some theaters uh, get them by satellite or fiber optic. I believe a lot of them is satellite, and I think some of them they'll actually physically deliver a hard drive, whereas they used to deliver really? the, the film canisters. So yeah. uh, you think there'd be a guy that would come every week? Some and of give these us places the are downloading these movies. They're actually downloading them. Yeah. So they have a hard copy, even after the movie's over, they still have a hard copy. Um, oh, they have, they I have be- a digital copy. I believe it. that they are erased, and, and they might even be controlled by the studio to actually go in and make. You know, you're getting like a key. 
that makes that thing playable. Like a digital, almost think of it like a password. Yeah. And if you lose that digital key, you can't play that movie anymore, and they probably just erase them. That's my guess. I haven't worked in theaters since yeah. they've gone digital. But anyway, yeah, a little, little trip down memory lane, Yeah, movie-wise. Speaking of movies, we're going right there. Let's go to the Oscars. Okay. Go to the Oscars, All Ted. Right. Let's go to the Oscars. All right. Excited. Let's do it. Parasite was the big winner. That's the big news out of the Oscars right That's there. That's what I heard. I heard that. Now, you saw Parasite. You liked it. We talked about it, right? Or I you... have not seen Parasite. You... I thought we talked about you it. You recommended no. it, and, and you, you told me about it. still never saw it? No, I never did. But that did. was weeks ago, and you won I know. the eye. And even the other day, I was like, you got to see Parasite. You just well, won the Oscar. I didn't no, plan on ever coming back here again, so yeah. I didn't think I going to be held accountable. You got your own show and said, fuck it, <laughs> yeah. I'm not coming. Yeah. Well, if you listen to Movie Mania, and a spoiler for Movie Mania, if you haven't listened, but I picked Parasite as my best movie of the year. Corey Hall picked it as his best movie of the year. And Jason Filan Mares, who was sitting in here with us, picked it in his top 10. I think so. We were all pretty universal. Maybe it was number 11. It was in his top 15. Um, And so we all were, but also at the same time, I was surprised. A little tiny bit that it won, even though it was my favorite, because I think they were going to have 1970. I think 1917 had won a lot of the other best pictures. It had won the Golden Globe and the BAFTA. Yeah, which but is the what does that Oscar. tell you when a movie that's not even in English is best picture? It was a fucking great movie, is yeah, what but it Yeah, but it was. Yeah, but it says something it about was the movie. That the audio okay. isn't that important. No, no, that no. The no, acting. No, no, no. The acting is fantastic. Because they look surprised. Like, oh, he, look, I can tell he's surprised. Oh, she's scared. I can tell. Look at her act. They're, they're, this movie. Didn't matter how they said the words. Parasite. They could have been saying anything. Okay. I think the reason, and you, you sound like one of these people. Yeah. Who are like, I'm not going to understand this movie because it's not in English. No, 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 no. Like I, I've, I've liked, I've liked movies that are foreign films, and I've, I've made it through them, and I've read all the stuff. It's, but, but to have it be the best film, I think is it's this. It says very parasite says is, a lot about American films that we aren't doing very well. Parasite is very Hitchcockian in its setups and uh, its tension, and it uses a lot of. Uh, you know, he's very much influenced by American cinema. It's actually, it's more American of a movie than some of these other movies. I mean, it, it's, you know, some of these American directors are influenced by foreign cinema. And here's a guy from Korea that's, you know, influenced by, you know, Hitchcock, who was, you know, a British director who largely worked in the United States. So, I mean, Hitchcock is considered an American director in a lot of ways, even though he was from England because he worked right. for Universal and was making his movies within the American studio system. But yeah, there's no reason to not see Parasite. It's a great movie. Right, but I think we had this conversation last time I was here, and that is I think American cinema... It's going down the tubes. I don't well, think it's I the mean, quality. It's, it's, Remember, we talk, I've talked about sure. Gone with the Wind and the old yeah, classic yeah. and Hitchcock and all those well, old movies. I mean, and the, the, the new movies can't hold a candle to that Well, stuff. look, 1917 is one of the great war movies ever made. So it, it, I think it was good. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it's one it, of the it, great it, ones ever made. I, I, think, I, no, that's, that's, I mean, visually, you're talking about Gone with the Wind visually in 1917. Yeah. That's an evolution on what they were doing with giant crane shots and it's, that it's kind of stuff. It's not just the shots. Film. It's the story. Sure, but the story's great. It, the, it, was, it was a great story. It was a story about America and a culture change. You know, had a lot of things to say and through a lot of different perspectives. I don't think you get that anymore. I think I think the industry is just trying to make money. Well, whatever. Here's here's the point. 
Parasite won, and it surprised me, even though I liked it. I thought it was the best, okay? Okay. I think I nailed all the actors. I think I got Renee Zellweger, even though I thought Charlize Theron should have won for that. I thought she was the best in Bombshell. Renee Zellweger played Judy Garland. You don't need to see that movie. I'm not recommending it. Yeah, I she was good in it. Yeah, but it wasn't anything special. Not a fan. Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Yeah, which I predicted. And Joker, I enjoyed Joker. Now Corey hated Joker. We had a big fight about that. Really? On the show. I hated his speech. I didn't hate it. Oh, oh his speech was ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And Renee, by the way, Renee Zellweger also seemed like she was from Mars or some bullshit. Yeah, well, she, she kind of always does. Completely weird. But isn't it weird to stand up and go, I'm not better than any of you people, but let me tell you why I'm better yeah, than all of you people. There's a little bit of that. <laughs> what the hell, dude? That. But dude they, I think, think about also, what you're saying. They also say, if you follow the Oscars, that... People that come up and give these weird, like, kind of off-the-reservation speeches, like Renee Zellweger and Walking Phoenix, that they won't get nominated again. Yeah, and, and the I one, don't know. And the I famous example of that is Sally Field, who did the thing about, oh, you like me, you really yeah, yeah, like yeah, me, yeah, if you yeah. remember that famous thing, and they never nominated her for anything else again. I like that speech. Well, but people thought it was a little, it was a little lame, or it was a little, like, you know weird. What? I think when you're nominated wacky. and when you win... If you take a position that I just feel great to be accepted by you and one of your group, I think that's a very yeah. humble position. Yeah. But to stand up and say, well, because I'm a good actor, let me tell you the way society should mm-hmm. run. I don't want to hear your opinion. I really well, don't. Well, it was just, you know, that was a thing. And yeah, some people, even those speeches, you know, do you remember Roberto Benini? No. Made a movie called Life is Beautiful, and I believe he won... I think he won for the acting award. I can't remember he won for acting or if that was best picture or whatever. I don't think it was best. But I don't remember. But it was it's this Italian movie. Uh, Roberto Benigni was this Italian comedian. Yeah. He's still around. Yeah. But, you know, he was very much in the vein of like uh, a Woody Allen, a Charlie Chaplin, even a Jerry Lewis a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And he made this movie that was like this love story. But then he ended up in a concentration camp in World right. War II. Right, right. And it got very sad. It was called Life is Beautiful. It was actually a great movie. Um, but he gave this way. He climbed around on the chairs, if you remember. Nah. And the and Oscars was like, nah, this guy's an embarrassment. Yeah. We never wanted, they nom- never nominated him again. Yeah. Marlon Brando set up, uh, was it Shaleen Littlefeather? The Indian the thing, yeah. The Indian lady, so they yeah, never yeah. liked him. So you got to give a good speech if you want to come back. So well, I Joaquin, th- I don't know if he's coming back, but I would have, uh, you know, I like Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. And again, I'm recommending The Two Popes again. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. I saw that. It's great. I love yeah. Two Popes. All right. Yeah. Anything else about that? I'm going to keep moving on, or you want to talk about the actors again, the speeches? <laughs> no, I just wanted. To say, I just wanted to say, if you write a film that's about something, some social message in the film, and you're the writer, go up and talk about your message. But if you're the actor, I don't want to hear it. Well, we'll get to we'll get to the writing awards here in a second. Okay. Uh, Bong Joon Ho won for Parasite, which is usually. The precursor to Best Picture, the director yeah, wins. I watched him go up to accept it. But I think Sam Mendes is the guy. That, again, I think people would have thought Best Supporting Actress. You know, everyone. Laura Dern was the uh, who people predicted would win, and she, you know, I know you hated that movie, but you do have to admit about Marriage Story, the lawyers and me and Corey said this. The best people, best part of that movie was the lawyers because they were they were the best actors, were caricatures, and they, they were they, funny. Yeah, they were funny. They were entertaining. Laura, Ray Liotta, Laura Dern was terrible in that movie. Uh, Laura Dern and Alan Alda 
all did a nice job. But you say she was terrible. No, I Alan think they all Alda did a nice was good. Job. Laura Dern was Well, they terrible. didn't nominate Alan Alda, but they nominated Laura Dern. Well, I would have probably picked uh, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, but I was fine with Laura Kathy Dern. Bates is always good. Well, did Laura Dern win? Is that your She won. Saying? Yeah, she won. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. And I guess I think I predicted that because everyone said, and again, for Best Supporting Actor, Everyone predicted Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he won. And as much as I didn't like that movie, I did think Brad Pitt was good in it, so I'm okay with Brad Pitt winning. He's a good actor. Um, yeah. I, you know, again, I was Anthony, Anthony Hopkins was great, and I thought Joe Pesci in The Irishman was very good. So. Anthony Hopkins is outstanding every time yeah, and Anthony everything. Hopkins, well, you know, Anthony Hopkins does do movies where he, he just kind of acts like Hannibal Lecter. And they're really not that I, I interesting. Don't know. I think he's a little bit more diverse. Um, but the two popes is a departure for him, and he was great in it. Remember the one so. where he was racing motorcycles on uh, the salt flats? The fastest Indian, or yeah, something? World's yeah, yeah. Fastest Indian. See you. I never really there. saw yeah. that. But oh, I that was a good movie. Yeah. Animated feature was Toy Story Four, which I don't even hear a lot of people talking about Toy Story. I never saw it, but that one and these other movies were kind of small. I lost my body, claws or Klaus. I don't know how you pronounce it. And The Missing Link, no one had ever heard of. And How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World was nominated. I don't even know how many How to Train Your Dragons there were. I think I saw the first one. And oh, it, Lord. I didn't give a shit. All right, let's go to the writing awards. Parasite won for original screenplay. It's now an that, original movie. That, yeah. It's an original movie. I think that Class might be great. Yeah. Warfare. Yeah, yeah. South I think Korea. that probably was probably really interesting. Um, so there you go. An adapted screenplay was Jojo Rabbit, another good movie. Did you see that one? Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit. No, what was There's that a little about? boy living in Nazi Germany. You can rent this one, too. I probably uh, should have suggested to you. A little boy living in Nazi Germany, and he has his imaginary best friend is Adolf Hitler. And it's a comedy. Oh, Lord. And it's good. It's very much in the vein of Mel Brooks. I was going to say, did Mel Brooks It's write very this? much in the vein. Really? And apparently, uh, Taika Waititi, who's the director of this, who's uh, from New Zealand, uh, and he wrote it, and so he uh, accepted, gave a really nice acceptance speech at the show. I was just thinking the other day, Taika, we don't have enough Al, Adolf Hitler movies. Well, we need one more it movie sounds, on TV or somewhere where I can learn more about Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I mean, it sounds go. like how could you have a comedy with Hitler? It's really good. And, um, you know, and, and it, it, it goes into more. I really thought that this was really one of the best movies of the year. I think I had it at seven or something. Let's but certainly it. it was original and he deserved to win. Uh, and How then, about you a know, Mussolini movie? How Once about Upon a Time in Hollywood won for production design, which was cool. Yeah. yeah. They made they recreated the 60s very well. Yeah. Let's give them that. Yeah, I, I didn't I care for the rest of that movie. Documentary feature, they completely blew it. Completely blew it. They the should've. movie that won yeah. was called American Factory. Now, here's the I deal. I didn't see that. It was the only one of the documentaries that took place in the United States. It takes place in the United States and China. It's about a Chinese company that opens a factory in the United States. Okay. Now, I believe it won because the producers or the credited producers, and the, when you get into movie producing, just so people understand this, there are people that are producers of the movie that actually sit down and make the movie. They're actually on the set. They're you know, doing logistic things, setting things up, putting out fires, whatever. Then there's people who just put money into it right. and attach their name to it. People that put their money to it and attach their name to it were Barack and Michelle Obama. Oh. I think that's probably why this won, because the Hollywood elite wanted to give Barack and Michelle Obama an award. Does she have separate money from Barack? I don't know, but they have a... They put both names on they it. Have Make sure a, her well, name is on it, too. They own a film production Could, company. Couldn't they just call it Obama money? Well, Obama owns a production 
company. Sure, of course. And he does. he's investing in films, and this is one that he invested in. How do you make all in. this money? Being the president of the United States, I guess. Does that pay a lot? I am sure. No. I don't think it pays very much. Well, but I think there's a lot of ancillary income. He wrote a book. He does lots of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he was a lawyer for years and years, or a college professor. Um, but the other movies, I mean, I would have picked Honeyland, which is about a beekeeper in yeah, Macedonia. Yeah, I thought that. Which I, is great. Yeah. You saw that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, Forsama was a... There were two Syria movies. Forsama and The Cave, and they were both about hospital workers in Syria as they're getting bombed by Russian fighter jets. And they both featured a lot of dead babies and stuff like that. So not not real uplifting stuff. So I get, but I thought Forsama was really good. And The Edge of Democracy was a piece of shit. That's about uh, Brazilian politics, and it turns out they're all crooked. Don't we have any Americans making these things anymore? Well, um, American Factory, and that's why that, that one but won. But that was about China, about people coming over here. Well, and it, it takes factory. place in Dayton, but, Ohio. But yeah, yeah I, I get it. I saw yeah. it. I saw it. Yeah. But don't we have any... Did you like that? Oh, pff, it's too okay. long. and it, Yeah, okay. exactly. It's too long. It's interesting, but yeah. it could have been 80 minutes instead of yeah. two hours and 20. I was, I was just watching this... Uh, uh, view from above, fly over China thing. Okay, was really good. Yeah, about China and all the changes well, yeah. since I've been there. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. What you better China fly is. over China now, brother. Yeah, with coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm they're, not afraid. They're, but they're you know they're they're really you know people are hurting now. It's really starting to hit the economy. Coronavirus, really? Because they're shutting down factories because the employees can't come to work, and China makes so many of the goods that are sold in the United States. You know, they're saying iPhone production. They've shut down iPhone production. There's going to be an iPhone shortage, Ted. Oh, man. I know. I still got my 6S. Well, that's fine. You you can't get a new one because they're not going to be making them for a while because of coronavirus. So it's a pain in the ass. Anyway, let's move on here. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which is a cool movie. I like that. Yeah, one. good movie. Like the racing in. Yeah, and then uh, I actually like the whole story. That one for sound editing, and then 1917 won a bunch, and it also won for film editing. Ford versus Ferrari, and then 1917 won for sound mixing, cinematography, and was visual that, effects, which I think were all great. Was 1917? What category was that in? It was was in, that just in sound, or was it was that up for best movie? It was up for best picture. Oh, 1917 was great. Yeah. But it, and, and again, people expected it to win, and I predicted it. But I mean, it beat Avengers Endgame for visual effects. Yeah, they don't have it's a second a bit place, do they? No, there's no except that when Warren Beatty is announcing, then well, they have a that, that was the, you know they fired when he when he read <laughs> the wrong. Yeah, he, he read you know he had given they gave him Emma Stone's name for La La Land, which was an earlier category. It was the best actress category. He didn't actually even read the name. He yeah, well, because he, he looked at he was confused and he gave it to her and she and read it was the, but he took all the blame. But it was the fault of the accounting firm. I know. And they fired those accountants. Yeah, but he took the blame well, on her. I get it. But anyway, um uh best makeup. See this one again completely do bombshell for makeup and hairstyling. Because they made those ladies look like the real people from Fox News. Yeah. And they did a great job of that. They did. And I think they that did with everybody's makeup. Yeah, that was you crazy. You know, joke, a Parasite one for international feature film, as you'd expect. Yep. And um, the other one, I guess, Joker one for original score, which, whatever. Okay. All right. So there's the Oscars. It was cool. I think I was very happy with what won. Yeah. I, it's funny because people go, you know, and you were bringing this up before the show, the ratings were down. Yeah. And I get that. But. You know, hey, and, and I think the other thing, and I think this has happened, I don't know if it's two straight years or two of the last three years, where the lowest grossing movie won Best Picture of the nominated ones. Wow. So there were nine, nine nominated 
features. Do you know what it grossed? I don't, but I do know it made $50 million last weekend because a lot of people ran out and saw it. Yeah, I always like to watch the opening theater. weekend because usually opening weekend is one-third. So if they do, you know. Yeah, but but in that movie, it's weird because it opened in October. It's actually oh. available to rent. I don't think it's on DVD, but I think you can digitally rent Parasite yeah. now. But, you know, they re-released it into theaters right, right before the Oscars. And now it's like a big hit. So some movies have that second life. Because of the Oscars, which is why they're not going anywhere. Yeah. They're not going anywhere because it made this movie big, and it deserves to be big. It deserves to be seen. It was great. Um, you know, and some of the other movies, I think, got a little bounce, you know, after the nominations were announced. Sure. Ford versus Ferrari came back to theaters. Um, I think Jojo Rabbit, I'm sure, got a bounce because that movie kind of came out and was like a little small art house Well, thing. isn't that the point? Isn't that why they have the Oscars? Sure, absolutely. They yeah. want to promote what yeah, they're, they're re-promoting you know? something that's but been I, out. Yeah. This year, I am not unhappy with what won at all. Yeah. As somebody who saw all these movies, I'm saying, look, they did a good job. I think they blew documentary, but documentary is a weird category that they often get wrong because not everybody sees those. And the one that was on Netflix won, which means everybody saw it. Yeah. You know, which is kind of lame. Um, but yeah, I was very happy with the Oscars as far as that. As far as the show went, you know, they did the thing with no host. Yeah. You know, they had the comedy monologue open was Steve Martin and Chris Rock together. Really? And they got some laughs. It was fine. It wasn't, you know, either. They of didn't their, have a host? They, they didn't have a host. They haven't had a host for years. Well, they just have the room announcer. No, they have, a, they, have, they have a voice of God and they introduce people. Oh, and that's sometimes weird. they would introduce an actor and then the actor would bring up. Another actor to give out the award, or the actor would bring out the musical guest. You, or... as somebody in show business yes. for a long time, yes. What do you think about that format? Well, I think it's much better with a host. Look, I think the host. I, when I talk about you know hosting a comedy show, I go, you are there for the sake of the audience. When the audience sees yeah. you, they know you're moving the show along yeah. and you're tying it all together. Advocate. And when you don't have right. it, it's not good. But here's the thing: what happened with that was Chris. Uh, uh, Kevin Hart was hired to do it right. a couple years ago, and then they found, you know, he would he would make he did these jokes on Twitter about how how if his baby son grows up gay, that, how insensitive! Yeah, and for then a people went back to talk about and, that, and then people went back and went like, well, this guy's that, that's homophobic, that's and we can't have that's you host the Oscars. A, yeah, and so now the Oscars doesn't have a host because yeah. everyone's afraid. Well, you know what? There's something wrong with all of us. Well, there is. That's another story for That's, another show. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We're getting right. uh, we're getting later in now. I've been watching. All right. Since believe me, when when here's one of the things about my life, I watch these Oscar uh, these movies when it's September comes around. Probably they start releasing these Oscar contenders, right? And I try to catch up so I don't have this big crunch at the end of the year before the Oscars because I want to see them all for the purposes of the show, right? But this year they moved it up. Didn't well, they? they moved it up, which made the crunch even harder. Yeah. But once I'm done seeing all of them, and once I do the Movie Mania podcast and the Oscars happen, I don't see a lot of movies for a while. So I am now catching up on television shows and watching some stuff that I wasn't watching because I was watching Oscar movies. Do you watch straight-up TV? Um, It depends, sure, sometimes. But most of the times we're streaming HBO or Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of those. I mean, I'm saying me and my girlfriend when we sit down to watch stuff. I mean, I watch... Some stuff on my own. In fact, let's. Do you want to start with something I watched on my own? Sure. Yeah, I, stream, I streamed it. Sure. But you can stream it. What? It's called James May, Our Man in Japan. And this is James May. <laughs> is he a wrestler? Do you know who James May is? No. Have you ever seen a show called The Grand Tour? No. Did you ever see a show called Top Gear? 
No. It's a car show. Top Gear was a car show. Is Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May. They left Top Gear, which was produced by the BBC, because Jeremy Clarkson punched a guy. That's another story yeah, for another yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. But they went on to Amazon. They got a deal there to make a new show called The Grand Tour, which is a very similar show. And it's a car show. It's a car show. Travel log slash car show. They oh. review cars, and they go on these extravagant trips with cars. Oh. It's a great show. If you like cars, it's one yeah. of the best shows you could ever watch, either yeah. Top Gear. And they have, they have a new Top Gear with different guys on it. But the original guys are really funny, and they have a great chemistry. So James May did his own show on Amazon Prime where he travels Japan. Oh, And it's called James May, Our Man in Japan. And he starts in the north of Japan, and he travels down to the south of Japan, and he does a bunch of stuff along the way. And it's really fun. It's a fun travelogue. James May is uh, he's the real low-key. They call him Captain Slow on Top Gear because he's the slowest of the driver. Oh, okay. And they drive Ferraris, and he's always in last place and stuff oh, okay. like that. But he's very intellectual, and he enjoys art, and he's very refined, and he's funny at the same time. Very British sense of humor, and he's, you know, the fish out of water in Japan. And it's he's, like that cook who used to travel. Sure, yeah. It's a travelogue show. Uh, and sometimes he's eating local cuisine. Yeah. Sometimes he's making a katana blade with the Japanese... Sword maker, and he's staying in different hotels. Well, and hell, I could do stuff. this show. It's a cool show. Well, yeah. you could be Ted Moss. Traveler. Our man in Indiana or whatever <laughs> show you would do. I don't know what show our you would do. Our man in Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> I'm on a bidet tour of... <laughs> of Buffalo. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Yeah, you go do that show. Yeah. But if you, if, if you like... Ja- I mean, look, I think it helps if you know who James May is and you're a fan of his. But even if you're not, it's a great show. Well, and at it's least really it's, interesting. It, at it's least beautiful. it's reality. It's shot in and 4K. I like that. Yeah, yeah. If you have a 4K TV, it's going to look great. Yeah. On Amazon Prime, you can stream that shit. I think it's six episodes. Yeah. I've only watched the first two, but it's really good. So I've been catching up with that. I like that. I like that. I don't, my, I my don't take so much fantasy. Yeah. You know, yeah. so much of this yeah, make-believe story. Yeah, it's travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's real stuff. You know, yeah. I can take news. I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah, I do too. Awful lot of YouTube. Well, we watch all the music YouTube stuff. Oh, I don't watch any. You music. don't do that anymore. I thought you did. I thought music? you did like well, like the guitar lessons and all that. Oh, uh, I do a little bit of. Because you're already sending me those. Yeah, I, go, yeah, I, I saw that already. Bit. Now I'm watching a lot of podcasts. Okay, that's I true. watch a lot, a lot of Joe of Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, informational stuff. I'll get off on some tangent where I'm learning about something okay. that I think is interesting. Yeah. Once in a while, I'll do one of the uh, conspiracy theory <laughs> until it gets so weird. I go, yeah, <laughs> I can't watch this shit. It's just too weird. Well, yeah, watch James May if you got Amazon Prime. It's great. Management. And I like Japan. Have I like been, Japan. Have you been there? I've not. I'd love to go. Yeah, I know you've been gone. There. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. go. But they I, opened up an airport just an ex- so I could land there. It's an expensive place, that Japan. Well, it's a, what it's a long flight. It. it is well, a it's, long it's flight. The, it's the flight. It I mean, flight. I've literally looked at flights, and I believe it's about $1,000 to fly. Hey, do you know I came up with a new app for flights? If you, uh, Have you gone to, uh, I think it's called Google Travel or something like Google that? Google Flights, yeah. Google Flights. That's what I use. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it is great. If you use Kayak which is another site you can use, they'll make these weird routings for you. Yeah. And they try to save you money by adding up yeah. a bunch of little flights together. Which, But I, I usually use Google Flights. And I try to fly Delta out of Detroit because the other ones, I really, aside from Southwest, I mean, I'll take United or American if I'm just going to New York City and it's cheaper. Yeah. But generally, I take Delta. My buddy's getting flights for less than 100 bucks one way, like back out of Florida and that uh, kind of stuff. With? 
Frontier Spirit, probably. probably Spirit or something like that. Yeah. But he, he's driving cars down to make a couple bucks, okay, and, and they pay him so much. Yeah. And, the, and but he's got to pay for his flight back. Well, Spirit so. is the cheapest when you search for a flight, and it's one of the things I like about Google Flights is that you can say. I'm going to be checking a bag, add that cost into the total, and what you find out is that actually, out of Detroit anyway, Delta will be cheaper than Spirit in a lot of cases when you add in the fees. You do not have to pay for the upcharge for an oversized carry-on with Spirit. Okay. Interesting. Because nobody has stopped at the gate when boarding. They'll try and sell it to you for 50 bucks. By the way, okay. if you haven't bought this, come buy it now. Oh, okay. But when you start handing them your ticket and getting, on, getting in, nobody's checking to see if well, you paid for an oversized carry-on. I have happily never flown Spirit. I'm not saying I never will. You're sitting basically in a hammock. Yeah. Your seats are a hammock. It's just a sling. Okay. And if the person behind you decides to touch that sling at all, He's touching your back. Uh, yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't touch it, it's okay. And so it's like, a, yeah, I, I get what I you're usually saying. It's try kind to, of like a director's chair. Yeah, kind of, yeah I yeah. get it. I, I use only carry-ons. I use an oversized carry-on. Yeah. I don't pay for that. And then at the last minute, I upgrade to first class. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So the flight will cost me, you know, 110 bucks, and then the upgrade's like 40 50 Don't bucks. you fight for cabin overhead bin space? But if you go to first class, you probably don't. Yeah, you don't. You know what happened, in though? In coach, you would. In the economy, you I've, would. And on Spirit, for sure. I flew first class Spirit to uh, Napa, California. Okay. And we went through, well, I think we went through Houston or some crazy place. And we had to get off, and you had to take your bags with you. Yeah, right. And I had paid for an upgrade yeah. uh, like a week before to first class, had my seat assignment, same seat, same plane. Yeah. Took my stuff off. When I got back on, somebody's sitting in my seat. Oh. And they had sold that seat to huh. somebody else. Wow. So we had a conversation. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> having a conversation with you, not that fun. Well, it wasn't and that testimony. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm exhibit A. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not, not fun so at all. So what did they say? They said, we're sorry, we already sold it. I said, well, unsell it. Go tell them you made a yeah. mistake. Because you're telling me you made a mistake. Tell him. Because I booked this a while back. He booked this 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You just upgraded him 10 minutes What's ago. What's another reason not to take Spirit? Well, they gave me another first class seat. Oh, you actually got to sit first By a cute girl. So. I've been upgraded once to first class in my... Not, not that I fly that much, but... Well, if you go to Vegas, I was always upgraded good to upgrade once. come back because you're always taking the red eye coming back. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. after, you know, four days in Vegas yeah. or whatever, that's the upgrade you want. And they just upgraded me because I was sitting at the back of the plane... And they just looked at me, you know, because they can do that. They can look at you and go, oh, I'm going to move you. Yeah, this tail's knocking it off the ground. And I don't know. We get if, him forward in the plane. And, and I don't know if because I looked like a guy who. They wanted you over the wings, wasn't dude. important. It was, no, it was not. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> did I tell you about, did I tell you about. Uh, the, I was going to tell you about Frontier, but you go ahead. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell the Frontier story in about 20, 22 minutes from now. Go ahead, guys. My driver. Check back. Did I tell you about my driver who picked me up in Atlanta and wouldn't take me to the limo because he didn't think I was me? <laughs> he didn't want to look at me and said, no, I'm sure you're not. And I said, maybe, no, I'm Ted Moss. Said, no, I'm maybe, sure you're not. Maybe he's a podcast fan. Yeah, exactly. No, he, heard, he heard Ted talks too I was much. standing in jeans and he jeans and a golf shirt. He goes, yeah. yeah, you aren't the guy I'm looking for, I'm sure. I, now, look, I don't have a rule about this, but I almost always... And I can explain why I almost always wear a blazer to fly. Well, you got a lot of lots I like of the pockets. Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like having the boarding that's pass smart. in one, the wall yeah, in one, that's smart. the phone in one, and plus when you go through screen, you just take that off, throw it in there, yeah, and all your stuff's in it and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, um, that was the one time they upgraded me. It was a flight to Philadelphia. So it was like a 90-minute flight. Yeah. And they're like, you can come sit in first class. I was like, mm, okay. I was sitting in a row by myself. It yeah. It like a big deal. No, I was sitting in a row by myself in coach. Yeah. And they come sit in first class, and I'm like, I kind of got a good deal back here, but okay. There's less than 90 minutes in first class. That's all I've ever had. Well, what'd you think? It was fine. It was the same fucking thing. It, it is not the seat. It's a different seat. But get the shit. I do. There was no one in my row. Didn't matter. Yeah, but those you still got those little. I got. I got. I got. I got a better snack. I think. Yeah. I got a better snack, and other than that, it was the same thing. It was not worth paying for for me. Well, you didn't pay for it. You got up. I didn't, but I wouldn't pay for that. Not to Philadelphia. The seats recline. They also have a leg rest that comes up. I don't know. You're in a lazy boy. I was with padding. I don't know if it was even that. What kind of cheap ass flight are you on? That it's the same thing as coach. It was. It didn't feel all that nicer to me. Yeah. But again, it was a 90 minute flight. If I'd been going, you know, sometimes they give to you LA or Hawaii or something. They they or give Japan. You, they give you real silverware. Yeah. They give you free food. I didn't get food, a meal. It was it was Philadelphia. Yeah. I had a connection. I think I was going to Florida, but I had to go through Philadelphia. Yeah. So it was a connecting flight, so I just went and Maybe you like just looked like you'd be easily impressed, so they moved you forward. I guess I am. Yeah. Let me tell you about Frontier. Yeah. That's the complete. You think spirit sucks. Yeah. Frontier is a complete piece really? of shit. Really? Complete piece of shit. I took Frontier from Florida. It might have been that same trip because I think, you know, doing Google flights, it was cheaper to fly home on Frontier. And right. I, I didn't know from Frontier. I go, okay, it seems all right. What's the difference, right? It's not spirit. Yeah. Oh, it's worse. The chair on Frontier is a metal chair. <laughs> A folded, it's a folded metal lawn chair. I'm trying to describe what it would be like. <laughs> it would be like a 1970s doctor's waiting room. Or you know what? It, know what it's like. Here's what it is. It's more like this. You ever you ever go to a bowling alley? Yeah. You know those chairs yeah. you're sitting in as little you're waiting for your things. ball game back. It was like that. It was metal with a little piece of material on. It. So imagine like this kind of really faux leather. It had that on it, but no padding whatsoever. So it was a metal chair with a little piece of faux leather or vinyl on it. I, the chairs might have reclined, but it was so uncomfortable. You know, Florida was Fort Myers to Detroit, so a little over two hours. Did they have pedals that came out from underneath the other seat that you had to pedal to get, get the uh, yeah. thing, props going? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? And then when you go to the you go to the counter to check in, there was like one or two people checking bags in yeah. for this full flight. Uh, it was unbelievable. And everybody's like a little a, stressed. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, because you know everyone's trying to get a bargain. And, you know, look, when you're flying with people who are trying to get a bargain... They're not people probably that fly all the time. Right. And when you have less sophisticated travelers, it makes travel that much more stressful. Have you ever been held up on the tarmac? Oh, yeah. And yeah, not, yeah. Sure. I did that for three and a half hours one day. Did you? Yeah. Just had, and we had babies crying. And did you ultimately take off, though? Yeah, yeah but it took good. three and a half yeah, hours. That sucks. I mean, I'm breaking out food to get the little kids. I, I got some crackers, lady. I'll was give it, you for your kids. Was it hot or anything? It, was it summertime? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was hot in the plane. Yeah, because the, the air doesn't work, I guess, until the engines kick on. Oh, it's terrible. And they wouldn't let us out, and they wouldn't let us take us back to the gate. Yeah. Three and a half hours. Right. And people are screaming because they're going to miss their connections. Ugh. It was terrible. I, I got snowed in. I, I was flying out of Newark Airport. I was in New York. I probably told the story. It was a couple years ago, though, so I'll repeat myself. And I get to, and New York City was just cold. It was December. New York City was fine. Yeah. It was snowing like hell in Detroit. Yeah. So my Newark to Detroit flight got delayed. I had already gone through security. 
and they they can't they say they canceled my flight. I went back through security to go to the counter. They put me on another flight. I sat there, had some food. As I'm sitting in the food court thing, I'm looking at the app. They put me on a third flight. While you're at the food court, While they're I'm changing? The, they changed the flight, and they sent me an update. And they said, look, now that flight is canceled. Here's another flight to Detroit. At a different gate. So it's going boom, 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 later, later, later. I go back to security to catch this third flight. That flight gets canceled. So then I go back to the counter, and I go, look, here's a deal. I, you know, there's no flights out of Detroit tonight. And they're like, no, there's not. And I go, okay, well, you know, I'm going to have to spend a night here in, in Newark. Uh, you're going to need to pay for my hotel room. And they said, we do not do that because it is an act of God. If it was a mechanical failure on their part, they would be on the hook for a hotel room. Wow. So, and I say, okay, well, look, I'll get my own hotel room. I can, I've got apps to get last minute hotels and there's a ton of them around Newark airport. So I'm out a hundred bucks, but I get I say, okay, well, I mean, I take it, I can get my bag back and I'll be on my way. I'll see you tomorrow. Wow. Oh no, you can't get your bag back. Your bag is already where yeah. it is. <laughs> and so I've got my carry on. And I go, are you kidding me? And they're like, no, but you can't get your bag. It's already been processed. It'll be on your flight in the morning. So I have to go to this Holiday Inn in Newark. I take the airport shuttle over there. I book it online. I get on the airport shuttle. I get over there. There's hundreds of other people who have been delayed or stranded in this, in this Holiday Inn waiting to check. And I finally get up there and I go, look, dude, I got, I got, you know, do you got anything for me? They gave me a razor. And they gave me a toothbrush and a little oh. disposable thing of toothpaste. You were hating them, weren't you? And that's all I had. I had no deodorant. I had no toiletries. I had no change of clothes. Had no bidet. They sold, if you wanted to buy, they sold one pair of Hanes underpants in the gift shop at the Newark airport. Because you know those people. It's about $10. There you go. I think it was $10 a pair. And they sold all the toiletries. So one you size fits all. So, you know, I was, able to, <laughs> I was able to take a shower. I was able to do all of that stuff. Lord. Um, I, took a, I took a bar of... So here, here, here's, a, here's actually... This actually worked. If you take a bar of dry soap and you put it in your hand and you warm up that soap just a little bit, just keep it between your hands, you can put it under your arms and use it as deodorant. Well, there you go. There's a life hack for you. Who if you knew? don't have deodorant, Who use knew? a bar of soap, and if you warm it up, it will actually... I don't smell that bad, dude. Well, I, look, I was going to be sitting <laughs> on a plane. Uh, you know, I hadn't. Sh- you know, I did was able to take a shower. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was delayed. I, that was the one time I actually missed a flight because of the weather. That's terrible. That was a bad trip, man. You know what? I, I travel... Because, hey, if I'm delayed in New York... Yeah. And I'm in Manhattan... Oh, I get hey, it. Hey, let's fucking do this shit. Yeah. But you're going to put me in uh, Newark... And yeah. I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I ate at the hotel restaurant because I had no food. It was a yeah. disaster. I was on a company trip in Hong Kong okay. with the girlfriend, and we had to be on all week because we were all the muckety-mucks. But in any case, coming back, she's, she's over it. She's ready to be back home. Unfortunately, it's a 23-hour flight with all the layovers and everything yeah, we have to okay, do. Yeah. It takes forever. And 23 hours of steady flying, you're trying to sleep on it, on the plane. Anyhow, yeah. it's uncomfortable. She's not happy. She's on. We were coming back. Get all the way to Chicago. Yeah, you're good. We're flying into Flint. Miss our flight in oh. Chicago. Run through the airport in Chicago. She's huh. not happy about that. Carrying our our carry-ons, running yeah. through the airport. Miss our flight. No more flights into Flint because the Flint airport <laughs> shutting down. And she is pissed oh, off. Oh, wow. It was terrible. Yeah. We eventually had to wait about two more hours Sitting in Chicago, got a flight into Detroit, yeah, okay. and had to rent a car for like right. 150 yeah. bucks yeah. one way yeah. to drive to Flint. I've never had to spend the night in the airport. That seems like the worst. 
Well, spending yeah. the like, night. I mean, you were there for a long time as a layover. Well, but, you know, I got yeah. bumped off a flight because we arrived too late to go to Aruba and had to stay the night and sit in my timeshare in Aruba one time yeah. with a whole family Well, next to the airport. Yeah, yeah, but my, my timeshare in Aruba was sitting there vacant. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. You're in the airport. You didn't get to go back to the timeshare. No, no I'm, go, I'm in Detroit trying to oh, get to Aruba. Get to- <laughs> and instead, I'm staying in Detroit at a... And a funky red oh, roof boy. inn or something. You know, I'm I'm thing. traveling soon, and this is now scaring the shit. I'm scaring the shit out of myself with these stories. But oh, I got I got to really. I don't even want to say where I'm going and all that. But I'll my, talk about it yeah. later. But my bed and breakfast got canceled. Oh, two days before I left to go to Napa, <laughs> I had it on Friday. I'm flying out on Monday. I had it on Friday. Check back on Saturday. It's gone. I get a hold of them. They've given it to somebody else. Well, how does this happen? And Napa, you can't get a place. Yeah, I'm I had, sure it's hard, yeah, yeah, well, it was during the fall. I was going out for a wedding. It was beautiful that time of year. I had two rooms, needed two room, separate rooms, because my son's going to stay with me. Yeah. He's going to split the cost. Had a great deal. It was like two, yeah. uh, three nights for 400 bucks. Sometimes that's like the that. problem with getting a good deal. Yeah, but Poor in any customer case, service. Yeah, but what happened was they sent me an email, which I didn't read and didn't respond to it. And since I didn't respond, they canceled it. Oh. And so I got out What there. did they want to do? Like move your room or they wanted confirmation on... They just wanted confirmation. Just another confirmation. I mean, they, oh, but you didn't pay in advance. I right? paid half up front. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And because my son was going to split it, I figured, well, he'll pay the other half yeah, when we yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah. made sense to me. Sure. But they wanted the balance two days ahead of time. I got you. And when I didn't pay the balance, they canceled my reservation. That's weird. yeah. And so they gave me one room for the same... Price, yeah, and you shared it <laughs> for only two days. I'm yeah. going. I can't share it with my son. We're yeah. going to a wedding. He wants his own room in case of whatever. <laughs> and it was only for two nights, and I didn't yeah. have a room for the last night either. So it ended up cost me like five hundred bucks more for the room total yeah. than it would have. That's it's, traveling's weird, man. It is weird. Everybody stresses out. Everybody's getting. Yeah, weird. You know, just drive. I just know. drive there. Pack well, you drive, but you got to stay somewhere. And and I know now. I, I talk to people who travel, and they go, "If you're not doing Airbnb, you're doing it wrong. You got to do Airbnb. You got to do Airbnb." And I go, "You know, there's advantages to hotels. There's staff that's on site. Yeah, when something goes wrong, they can fix it. You know, I, I was in yeah. Chicago once, and you know, I was on the Amtrak to Chicago. And I don't know if this has anything to do with being on the Amtrak, but that's a long ride, the Amtrak. It's yeah. A, it's a five, six-hour drive. I forget what yeah, it yeah. is. I get there. I use the bathroom. I've been on the Amtrak all day. Yeah. I haven't been using the bathroom in yeah. the way that, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a person may, yeah. you know, or morning train yes. ride in. I'm not using the train bathroom for that. Yes. So I use the bathroom in Chicago. Well, turns out. You plugged up. The I've toilet. got abs- within <laughs> within ten minutes of being in my room, I had completely blocked issue. up the toilet. <laughs> to <laughs> listen to this, uh, they send the guy up. Ted, they send the guy up. You know, guy doesn't speak English, uh, and this is not like the world's nicest hotel. Guy, I'm not. I'm not in the. You know, I'm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not in the Hyatt. I'm not in the the West End. I'm in. You know, a hundred dollar Chicago hotel, which is fine. You know, it's a three star hotel. Whatever. You know. I'm there for like one night to see Springsteen. I yeah, what I was doing there, taking the Amtrak. I didn't want to drive in because it was snowy, so I took the Amtrak. And the guy comes up and he can't he can't fix the toilet. Oh lord, oh lord! <laughs> and they had to get you. Know, how embarrassing is that oh. for me to go 
plug the toilet, go downstairs, go to the front desk, oh, you know, and I'd taken my bags behind me. You know, you just got off this train for six hours. When I was 20. And I had to get a new room because I fucked up the toilet. When I was 20, me and my buddy met two hot girls and I was living at my parents' house. They weren't home, brought them back to my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And we had a toilet that would run all the time. <laughs> so we would always reach down and turn the yeah. knob off so the water wouldn't run. All right. She used the bathroom yeah. in a way that women usually don't use the bathroom when they're on their date. Yeah, okay. And went to flush it. There was no water in the back. <laughs> came out, and they immediately had to leave. <laughs> we're like, why are you leaving? So, so there was no flight? water in the bowl, or there was water in the bowl, but there was none to flush. Yes, yeah, so there was yeah, none there's to nothing flush. nothing in the tank, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and we're like, I don't know why they took off, and they were all sort of... And then I walked in the bathroom. She, thought, she left the deuce for you. Oh, huge. <laughs> I thought, I just learned more. Would you her? take her out for Italian food first? Oh, what my God. What, what kind of woman is this? Well, Look at this. take her out for a steak, oh, and then man. she drops the deuce. Wait. No, I just met her. Well, I don't know. She wasn't nearly as hot after that. Well, I yeah. guess not. Yeah. Yeah, so they just left. I mean, she should have yeah. said something, but she didn't. That's like, a bad story. All yeah. right, I was going to get into TV because yeah. I've been billboarding that I've been watching TV. I talked about one, and yeah, now yeah, we're we build this. up to a missed uh, the target. A couple Sorry. things on HBO that I think are pretty good. Uh, there's a show called The Outsider, which is an adaptation of a Stephen King story, and it's on HBO right now. I'm trying to think of who the stars are. Jason Bateman stars uh, and uh, directs. I'm trying to think whoever, who these other people Wasn't were. Wasn't there a 50s show, The Outsider? Well, there's been a lot of Outsiders. There was a movie called The Outsiders. Yeah. Well, there was The Outsiders. That was what the, the, the Francis Ford Coppola movie with Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze oh, and yeah, all those yeah. kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, but yeah. But The Outsider is... Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Jason Bateman, uh, a child is murdered in the woods, and Jason Bateman is a, is a suspect. Because they have all these witnesses that say he was there. And uh, they find him, and they find his fingerprints and his DNA, and he was there. Ah. But he has an airtight alibi because he had gone to another city to go to a convention for school teachers. He's a school teacher. Coincidentally. And he is on film at this convention, standing up and asking a question at one of the panels. And he's got this airtight alibi, and yet there's evidence that he was at the crime scene. And so there's How this far away thing. is it? Uh, they're about 90 minutes apart, I think, is how they describe it or something. That Three hours. It was enough that like his, air, his alibi is airtight. I mean, he couldn't drive back. It's, it's a weird... So it, it's a true crime story. Um, and, and I don't think I'm ruining it by saying it because it is a Stephen King novel. There is a supernatural twist to it. Oh, okay. And so you're trying to figure out how could he have been in two places at once? Yeah. Was he guilty? Was he innocent? Yeah. And the story goes on from there. I'm not going to give you a whole lot more. So you're really following this detective around, uh, trying to figure out like what really happened. So you have that procedural thing. But then you're like, boy, there's some weird stuff going on here. What is this? I believe it is based on, and I'm not even going to say what it is, but I believe this is based, and I can, if you're not going to watch it, I can write it down for you. Maybe it sounds interesting to you. Does that, does that work for you? Sure, sure. Without saying it? Sure. I believe it is based on this concept, but I don't know because I'm only four episodes in, and since I started late because of the Oscars, um, I believe it's based on this sort of classic movie premise. Um, but you tell, and you'll, you'll know this because you're old enough, does that look familiar? Does that look like a thing? Don't say it. Here, I can hand it to you. If you yeah, but I mean, that is a classic sort of movie thing. I think it's kind of an update of that a little bit. 
Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's a cool kind of take yeah. on that, I think. Yeah. But again, I'm only four episodes in. I think there's going to be eight or ten right. of these. And I'm too behind because of the Oscars. So I haven't even been able to see them all. Um, but it's really, really well done. And, you know, HBO always does a good job with their series. I mean, I think a year ago they were showing True Detective Season 3, which was awesome. Yeah. And uh, this is maybe not as good as that, but I really uh, am having a good time watching uh, yeah, The Outsider. Good. It's creepy. It's got the creepy thing because you're kind of like, okay. what's going on here? How are all these people connected? Um, I was trying to look at who the cast was. Oh, whatever. The lady who played Harriet, uh, was it Cynthia Arrivo in the Harriet Tubman story? She was nominated for Best Actress. She's got a big role in this. Uh, so it's a cool. Mo- it's a cool show. Yeah. Also on HBO, and this is really my click to pick right here, Ted. This is my number one with a bullet. All right. The show you must watch. Rocket to the top. If you like your true crime documentaries. It's a different kind of crime than you normally see in these documentaries. But there's a show called McMillions. Oh. And this is about the McDonald's Monopoly game. You've probably played the McDonald's Monopoly game. You buy a, yeah. a, a soda or you buy some fries and you peel off. The little pieces, and you might have, you know. Yeah, but there was something going well, on. Well, that. that's what goes on. That's what the story's about. So, you know, you would have, uh, you know. I remember that. You that was have, a real, you know, real issue. You would go to McDonald's and you'd get Park Place. And you'd go, holy shit, if I just get Boardwalk, I'd right. win a million dollars. Yeah. And then you realize there's not a lot of Boardwalks out there. Yeah. Uh, and what it turns out is that there was fraud, there was a crime. Well, there was relatives. Uh, without, without ruining it. Without ruining it. That doesn't ruin it. I know. It was, it was a big story that came out a few years ago it actually broke right around 9-11 it actually happened in like september of 2001 yeah it was all that the the fbi got involved but you have to see this documentary it's about you know how was the mcdonald's monopoly game rigged who was involved and believe me i had read those articles at the time and even since but this documentary goes into way more depth and this is like it gets into mob shit it's really cool. Really? It's Yeah, it was way more wow. elaborate than I even thought. And one of the guys, there's an FBI guy, and if you watch the first episode, he's well, all don't over. don't ruin it. You can't miss him. <laughs> there's an FBI guy that is, because what they did is, is in order to, to, to get these people, uh, they would go to their homes, and they, would, they, would, they were a fake documentary crew, and when they would say, we want to film your story of how you How you won. won. How and these people had to make up these stories about, well, I was on the beach and I was reading a People magazine and there was a piece in there and I ripped it open. Yeah, but why wouldn't they just go, I don't want to be in a documentary? Well, because they were trying to pass it off. It's really, really cool. So you hear uh, this one particular FBI guy, I forget his name, who's so funny and so entertaining because he was this young, brash FBI guy. Yeah. And he came up with this idea to entrap all these people into basically admitting to their crimes and they're doing wiretaps and he's got to listen to all these wiretaps. It's really cool. It's on HBO. I think it's six episodes, and they've only aired a, a couple of them so far. Wow. So McMillions is really, really great. It's on HBO, so if you don't have HBO, you can get HBO Now or whatever it's called, the streaming. Yeah. You can get it through your cable, whatever you got. McMillions, really good. All right. All right. I got nothing else to talk about. Lock and Key. Oh, that's a movie. That, well, no, it's a series. It's a series. Oh, where it's is this series. show? Where, it's it's show on uh, Hulu, I think. It's on Hulu. Okay, I don't Hulu. know. Lock, Lock and Key. But it's, or Netflix, one of the two. Lock with an E. It's a yeah, guy's Lock name. And Key. Yeah, it's about this family that uh, has a tragedy in their life. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, the father is killed, and they have to go move back into the ancestral home which is really a huge mansion. Okay. Really. Is it haunted? 
Well, nah, you don't have to give it away. Yeah. That's okay. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's haunted, but yeah. when they get there, uh, the young boy hears sounds, and if he follows these sounds mm. that he only can hear, it leads him to keys, like old skeleton okay. keys. Yeah. And each key does something different. Hmm. Like the first key he gets opens up a door. And he can wish that door to be the door to anything. So the first thing he wishes is that I want to go back to the ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. So he opens the door and it opens up right into the, like the front door of the ice cream parlor. Okay. But he can, before he goes into any room, he puts that key in and he can make it whatever. So it's and, a fantasy It's element. a fantasy yeah. mystery. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's kind of a ghost lady living in the well. It's kind of creepy. It's a big old mansion. Yeah. Another key goes into the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. And if you put it in the back of your neck, then you freeze. Another you comes alive, and you go through a door into your brain. Okay. And the girl's brain looks like a mall. The little kid's brain looks like a little um, store, but it has all the memories. They can look at different memories and things. Okay. So he keeps finding these keys and going to these different places. And there's some other... Because because the family tragedy, because of the murder in the family, they have these flashbacks to that. So it's a little bit scary okay. in parts. And there's a mystery. It's kind of a neat thing. Thriller mystery. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lightweight Anybody thriller. we know in this? Uh, yeah, nobody I know. Okay, that's yeah, nobody Lock and key. Yeah, Lock right. and key. I think it's entertaining. I've heard of it. I just haven't, you know, like I said, I've been out of watching television shows. But uh, yeah, I'll lock and that. key. Sure. Well, what else you got? Anything else? That's it. That's it? That's what you're watching? Uh, that and YouTube. <laughs> Trying to figure out how you can to recommend better. something on YouTube. I don't know. Nah, nah. I don't normally do a lot of YouTube reviews on here, but I watch a lot of YouTube. I probably should. Yeah, I watch Jordan Peterson and a lot of things people aren't going to be interested in. No? So, yeah. Do you want to recommend, because we're both sort of... Uh, doing the whole guitar thing. You want to recommend any guitar guys? I mean, if anyone's... I mean, you, me, and Steve Hansen are all going through this. Yeah. Trying to get better at guitar, learn guitar. You know, I didn't talk to Steve, levels. but I asked Billy about it. And I, I talked to Steve about it. Yeah. He, he's doing bass, isn't he? No, I think Steve's playing guitar. He's trying to play leads and stuff. Oh, and, I thought he was And Steve was in a band like when he was a young guy. Yeah. But Steve's a little older. Steve's in his 50s, I think, now. Yeah. And older than you. He's older than me. Yeah. Um... But Steve is like, yeah, I'm trying to learn all these pentatonic scales. And he had his phone out and he was going through that. And we were talking about what are you playing? And I was telling him what I was playing and, yeah. you know, what he was playing and all that stuff. So you recommend anybody on that? I, I like a lot of those. I like Rick Beato. You probably yeah, I've watched him. him. Yeah. Rick does a real good job. He was a so too. musician and a producer. And some of his stuff is, is a lot of theory. And some of that is a little over my head. Yeah. But then he does stuff like what makes this song great, and he breaks down songs and talks about, you know, when this is where the bass line comes in, and he tries to recreate the song. Yeah. Well, and yeah. those are really well done, and he's an older guy, too, but he does a really good job of those. Well, you know, I play piano by ear, too. Okay. And so the way I do this, and it's probably not the best way to do it, but like with piano, I basically look up the the chord structure. Sure, yeah. Like, you, where are these chords, yeah. and where are they going? Then get a I, tutorial on piano. Well, I look up, no, it says the... Oh, you just look up the chords on Justin. Here's on the Google. words, and yeah, here's yeah. the chords. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. There's nothing else. It's just sure. a, above the words, it says A minor seven. Sure, yeah, yeah. I go, okay, that's where it goes. Yeah. So I kind of get the gist of the chords, and then I, I kind of just figure out how to make it sound. Yeah, and you get and the then, rhythm. Yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. then if there's a special lead in or a special mm-hmm. way that it's played, or it's played differently by somebody, I might look that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll have a tutorial on YouTube that'll tell me how to play that. Okay. Um, because some artists play them. 
uh, differently. Right. Well, what I've learned is that you can, some guys teach you to play it like it's on the record, and some guys are just like, here's a solo arrangement of a song that you can play on an acoustic guitar, and those are completely different things. Sometimes you're playing, what did John Frusciante play on this Red Hot Chili Peppers records, and then it's like, how can I do a version of Purple Rain on an acoustic guitar that sounds nice? And those are completely different things. Yeah. And generally, when you look up the tabs, those guys are transcribing the song on the record. So sometimes those actually don't sound good. That's what I found. Yeah, well... They don't sound good by yourself because well, it's part of a band and you don't have the bass line. And so sometimes the YouTube guys yeah. will give you a nice arrangement. Right, right. I actually watch a piano player. Who? David Bennett. He's a young guy from England. He, I think he's in his early 20s. David Bennett piano. There's a lot of theory. Yeah. He talks about here are the songs that have a key change in the middle yeah. of them. And he runs them down and he plays yeah. them. And it's very, very interesting. He does a really good job with it. Well, when David was, Bennett. Yeah, yeah when I was learning good. Bohemian Rhapsody, that, okay. that's pretty complex. Yeah. And so I, I watched a guy that was pretty good about here's what to play in this part I yeah. add in this, which is kind of interesting. But a lot of times I'm looking for something that's stylistic. Okay. Like the Joe Cocker version of uh, The Letter. Okay. You know, she wrote me a letter. Yeah. Which is different. It's different chords. It's, it's a, not the box tops version. Right. Right. So, yeah. right. It's, it has a different sound to it. Okay. And I think that's more interesting to play. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when it comes to guitar, I do the same thing. Yeah. I kind of, here's the basic chord. So I learned that. Mm-hmm. I learned the progression. Yeah. And then I think, okay, I got to learn some lead ins. Or every once in a while you go, you know what? Somebody had a really cool version of that. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, Alicia Keys had kind of a weird version. I wonder how that would sound on guitar. Yeah. You know, or I know something on the piano. Right. So I do that. I look up specialty and stuff. Then, and then when you look up the tabs, you find one guy's tabs are completely different than another yeah. guy's tabs. And you're like, well, maybe this guy's playing it in a different key. Yeah. Or it's well, just I, don't weird... pl- I don't read tabs at all. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, mean, tabs, I, I, know I, mean, the idea, I know what I you mean. I, I don't like the tabs as much as if you've got, I mean, tabs are nice because you want to learn a lead line. But yeah, you just put the, the, the letter over the word and it's like, that's your change. Yeah. You go from D to F to G. And you follow along that way. Yeah. yeah, those I can do too. So, what what's the George Harrison song? Uh, the um, my sweet lord. No, 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 no. The the intricate thing he plays on. Uh, I can't even think of what it is. From the Beatles or from his no, solo no, no. Uh, catalog? Yeah, from the Beatles. Uh, While my guitar gently weeps. I could play it on piano if I had a piano, but something in the way. Sweet darling. My sweet lord. No. Little Darling. It's, isn't it Little Darling? Little Darling? No, I don't Little know of a Little Darling. <laughs> All right, this is ridiculous now. A Little Darling? No, no, it's, not, it's, a little da- it's not a Beatles song, or it is. Oh, you're, you know, you're not helping. <laughs> While my guitar gently weeps. No, it's not that. Because, or not because, something. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. There you go. Okay, like, yeah, little here comes, Darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah here comes the sun. It's been a yeah, long, cold, lonely winter. Yeah, so here comes the sun. Is that the little name of the song? Darling? Yeah, but it, okay. Yeah, That's here I comes gotta, the sun. Okay, if you and think of that, I say. I looked up the but I figure out the tabs from the chords. Sure, yeah, yeah. I yeah, learn yeah, the chords, yeah, yeah. and then from that, and you play that on piano. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's some or there's I think there's some Moog organ on the record. That woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Behind the thing, but it's yeah. it's really a guitar song. 
But you can play on piano. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. it is. It is, but it, that's why I'm saying I kind of cross yeah, and adapt okay. the things. That's cool. But, you know. Yeah. But I, I watch a lot of those guys. I watch, uh, and then I watch guys review guitars. That's kind of a waste of time, but I enjoy it. Oh, I think, <laughs> I think it's, you know, when I watched them blindfold. Uh, oh, yeah, those guys. Andertons. The, the, the UK Gibson's store, the, yeah. the Epiphone. Yeah. Yeah, and that was very interesting that they yeah. couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. I'm like, why the hell am I paying There's for a guy, I think his name's Ryan, is 60 Cycle Hum is another good guitar channel. Yeah. That guy reviews lots of stuff. Yeah. And he reviews some cheap stuff, too, which is okay. nice. Because some of those guitar guys are like, oh, I've got this $3,000 guitar, and it's like, yeah, yeah I'll never fucking have You know, that. a lot of those guys are buying guitars from Guitar Center. Isn't that interesting? Well, Guitar Center sells guitars. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, you can take them back, and they match prices. I just well, got hundred bucks. Back. Well, you just bought a new guitar. guitar. You bought a new yeah. acoustic, but um, yeah. when you buy a guitar at a store, you actually get to play it. And ah. when you learn more about it, I bought my first electric guitar online, and I was an idiot because I didn't go and play it. And had oh, I have picks. Yeah, I brought you some gifts. These are the best picks. Boy, get. Throw them at me, Ted. Next no, time. Now notice they're different. Well, these are Tortex. And these are very sharp picks. So well, these one are, is and one is not. Oh, yeah. This is more standard pick. And then yeah, but the, I like the very sharp one. If you're going to well, pick out... Well, for picking. For picking, sure. Well, yeah, yeah. for hitting specific strings, yeah, that's kind of a neat pick to have. Well, I bought... Yeah, I like... These are nice. These have a little grip to them. Yeah. Do you, like, yeah, do you I like use them. those? Well, I use the nylon. Mine's probably sitting right over there by it, but it's a nylon pick. Yeah. Which got a little grippy part, and it's pretty too flexible. Soft. It's too soft. Well, you know, I was my guitar teacher. Again, another online guy who I'll plug, and then we've got to get out of here. Justin Sanderco, justinguitar.com, recommends that if you use a thinner pick, it's easier on your strings, uh, and it's easier on your hand. And I did find that my th- I was using a stiffer pick, and my, I was getting a little uh, arthritis or tendonitis in my thumb, because your thumb is really taking the brunt of the strum, right, if you think about it. Because when you downstrum, your thumb is really pushed against. And I found that with a thicker, with a thinner pick, it has a lot more well, give, and it was easier on my thumb. Actually, I got a recommendation from my son, yeah. who was a professional guitar player, had a um, record deal, yeah. traveled singer-songwriter, and played guitar professionally this for years. Ted tells me I'm wrong. And? And this Justin guitar, Ed the world's said, guitar teacher, is completely Ed wrong. And said uh, that he, I should use a stiffer pick. Well, it, a stiffer pick is going to be more accurate, And for that sure. brand. Okay, Tortex. Yeah, these yeah. are well-known. Yeah. I know so, enough about guitars. And so you're welcome. Thank That's you. a gift. That's for you. <laughs> All right. Way to look at well, guitars in the mouth. Let's give a gift to my listeners and get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, I know. And, and, uh, let them if we have any lives. left at this point, um, you should say so goodbye. So... Ted talks too much. Ted talks too much dot com, and that'll have uh, an interview with Joel Fragamenti. It will soon. Very high quality <laughs> audio <laughs> and conversation, and, and, and a really funny bit at the beginning of That's it. That's right. So whatever you do, only takes about one minute to get through that bit. So <laughs> feels like a sixty month. seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I come back here. That's fine. Well, For it's the always, abuse. Hey, I'm not look, it's always anymore. good having you. Well, thanks. For we being, like having you. It's nice being had. I'm going to give a quick plug for the advanced comedy class. Yes, which starts you should. In just a couple of weeks, on February 29th, is the next session. Uh, if you want to get in on that, if you're a young comedian who wants to learn how to do comedy on a professional level, go to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. You can call them and sign up at 248-542-9900. It meets for six Saturdays. A class so nice, I took it twice. And Ted's been in there twice. That's how I met Ted, and I've met lots of guys in that, and, uh, you know, Billy Reno I met on there, and Chris Lazar, your other guests. I've met in that class, so a lot yeah. of good people. So you can take the advanced comedy class with me on Saturdays. We always have a good time doing that. 
And uh, let's get out of here. Ted Moss, thanks again. Thank you, Joel. And thanks to everybody for listening. JoelRadio.net. We are out of here. Ted talks too much. You can hear me on there. Ah. I tell my podcasting journey on that. If I can just, that might be a reason to listen. You do. I tell the whole story, and it's very long. Ah. It's long and convoluted. And that's coming from Ted, who's nothing but long and convoluted. So good night, everybody. Goodbye. We'll see you.